And then let me just wrap up that story about how I got to quitting. Pretty much had those three or four months of building whatever I wanted, having a huge amount of creative freedom to do whatever I wanted. And then I got to that first job and I was immediately depressed because the job was nothing like the freedom and doing the things that I wanted to do. Hey, it's Jazz here, checking back in with you for another episode today. Welcome to my audio diary if you're new here, or welcome back if you're a returning listener. I reconnected with my writing and started blogging back in 2015, and I'm now a blogger, and recently an author, using this audio diary to share my solo reflections as I continue to walk along this path as an independent writer, as well as share the conversations I'm having with fellow writers and creators. In today's diary entry, I'm sharing what feels like a little blast from the past. This is a conversation I recorded in person with someone who became a friend of mine whilst I spent a couple of months as a digital nomad over the summer on the beautiful island of Madeira. Now at the time of this recording back in July, my blog and this very podcast you're listening to was called INF Club for INFPs, INFJs, and other creative introverts. Not long after, I decided to take a renewed focus and I rebranded to Diary of an Indie Writer. So let me share with you a few words about my guest before we begin. Sasha Chocic is a software engineer turned indie maker and strugglepreneur. He's also a digital nomad. As I mentioned, I met Sasha. I met. Uh, as I mentioned, I met Sasha in Madeira in the summer. He then returned to the U.S. for a few weeks before heading to where he currently is. As I release this episode, in the country of Georgia in Europe, he's pretty active on Twitter. You'll find him at twitter.com/slash Sasha Jocic. That's S-A-S-A. C-O-C-I-C. And you can also find him and his links at warp.link forward slash Sasha Chocic. That's W-W-R-P dot link forward slash S-A-S-A-C-O-C-I-C. Our conversation today is an extended conversation. It's the longest conversation and indeed I believe the longest episode that I've shared on the podcast to date. I had the joy of recording this with Sasha in person and we covered all sorts of ground as two independent creators leaving our jobs and trying to navigate the ups and downs and the winding journey that is being an independent creator and the struggles and the challenges and all of the emotional stuff that comes up. If you're someone who wants to be an independent blogger or an author, or a creator of any kind, or if you're already on that path, or you're currently in a spot where you're feeling unhappy in your employed job, I feel like you'll enjoy today's episode, and there's lots in our conversation that might speak to you. Alrighty, so before we get started, just to let you know that you can find the notes for today's episode by visiting www diaryofanindiewriter.net and you can also read and subscribe to my blog aka my written diary by visiting 
www.indiewriter.net. I'll leave those links in the description of this episode too, so you'll find those in your Apple Podcasts or on Spotify or whichever platform you're listening to this podcast on. And with that being said, I really hope you enjoy today's diary entry. This is my extended conversation with my friend and fellow independent creator, Sasha Chocic. This is actually Sasha's first podcast appearance. So if you enjoy this episode and you're on Twitter, please do send him some love by writing him a tweet if you enjoy our conversation and hearing about his story. That handle again on Twitter is twitter.com forward slash S-A-S-A-C-O-C-I-C. Okay, I think that's just about it. So let's get into today's conversation. All right, you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, man. I'm ready, baby. Um, I want to make sure I'm saying your name correctly. Is it Sasha or Sasha? Uh, I guess, I think either one is fine. But, but I, Sasha, I feel like, is the more correct version. Yeah. If we're being, you know, taking your name back to the, its original roots. And yeah, Sasha would be like the... Sasha. 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 Yeah. Okay. It would be like the Serbian, Bosnian way to say it. All right, Sasha. Yeah. I will try Sasha. I might slip now and again but I'll do my best yeah nickname is uh, Salah 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 yeah. Salah yeah yeah that's but that's very very Balkan <laughs> <laughs> so like like my relatives and stuff and like close like my Bosnian friends call me that okay yeah I'll, I'll stick to Sasha <laughs> yeah. is that is that to say it right yeah all right Sasha first of all man wanted to put this out there like super grateful and kind of honored actually that you're doing this um since we connected the way that we did online we'll get more into that and now we're out here and we've spent some time chilling and hanging out i'm saying to you before we started recording you're probably the person i know the most yeah, doing yeah. one of these recordings so that's pretty cool um so yeah i just wanted to say welcome thanks for doing this this is awesome yeah i mean thanks for having me i didn't i've never been on a podcast and i never thought well, I mean, I thought I might be on a podcast in my life. It was going to happen. At some point, but I didn't think, like, uh, I didn't think it would happen here or anytime soon. Right. I thought, like, I don't know, I guess when I think of all the podcasts I listen to, I always think of, like, indie hackers or, like, I don't know, like, NPR, these other things, and usually the people, not all of them, but a lot of them are, like, really well-known and really, but at the same time, I think, I mean, I still think... All those people were probably in my shoes at one point. Right. So, yeah. And, and also there's this weird perception, like someone who I spoke to recently for the podcast was like, I've kind of listened to your podcast and, you know, some of the other guests you speak to are like experts and I was like, who am I to... And I kind of think we all have this weird thing where we all feel that we're kind of imposters and we're not good enough ever to be part of yeah, the podcast. That said, the other thing is NPR and other things, you get like, I don't know, well-known and famous and celebrities and we feel, a lot of us, I know I do, feel, I mean, I'm not huge in a celebrity or anything like that, but I think those things can play into, yeah, people feeling a little bit odd. Like I say, plenty of people have said to me, like, yeah. jazz, like, wow, like, I just feel, I look at the other names of the people you've had and it's those same people are also the ones saying yeah I kind of feel that so I think we all experience it so it's good to name that yeah I 100% agree and like I don't know this just came to my mind but the thing is like 
I mean, the beautiful thing about like whatever podcast, YouTube, all these things is like, it's so easy for anyone to make. And I feel like the thing that it boils down to is how much value do you add? It doesn't matter who you are. Right. Because if you're adding value and you're being helpful in some way and people, it resonates with people, like that's good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is it. And we're going to get into some of that some of that good stuff because I know we've talked this is some of the stuff we've talked about in just the many conversations we've had but let's uh, let's maybe ground this conversation add a little bit of context would you mind just kicking things off by sharing who you are and what you're up to however that question speaks to you and yeah. like in as many or as few words as you like yeah I'm really I think I'm pretty terrible about talking about myself uh, yeah actually yeah, yesterday, like, the question came up again of, like, so what do you do? Right. And I was, like, I was just like, man, why is this so fucking awkward every time I talk about this? Um, so I didn't even answer the question, but, like, who am I and what do I do? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, I'm Sasha, <laughs> and I do the things that I like. Uh, I mean, right now I'm working on this thing called Warp, which is a Linktree alternative. And even when I say that now, I'm like, it's just like so weird to be like, yeah, I work on an alternative to something, but I don't, maybe just because like my whole life I've been conditioned to be like, oh, you grow up and you do a job. Right. And you, you know, like you are this job kind of in a way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how to answer the question. I didn't even, I don't think I answered the question. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, no, you did, and like this, I'm glad you've answered that exactly how it was meant to be answered, is what I believe. When I worked in, this is speaking to me, because when I worked in recruitment, and I knew it wasn't it, and I didn't particularly, I liked some parts of it, but it wasn't my thing. I would be asked that question. I had no hesitation. I had a solid identity. I work in recruitment. 100%. I even had a fancy title. I'm a vice president. As soon as I stepped away from that safe, understood, traditional world, I went through some stuff. I was, when it came to anyone asking me what I did, I would avoid even going to like family functions because I was afraid for people asking me and for even my parents, like, what are you up to? What's your son up to? Um, it's only and this was, I left recruitment six years ago and I've been doing different stuff since then and I felt kind of rudderless until fairly recently actually. Being here has actually really helped me because I've been doing a lot of my stuff online and kind of people in my life keeping very, almost closed off and doing my thing. People, are, people here are also up to different things, digital nomads, working for themselves, working for other companies. It's been a really nice place for me to step into, oh, this is who I am and, you know, I'm a writer and I'm a coach and this is who I work with. Um, so yeah, I, I guess, uh, first thing I wanted to ask you, when you were a software developer, was it easier just answering that question? Um, I mean, in like your employed role, and then secondly, um, actually, let's just stick to that question for now. Yeah, um, yeah, I was actually, I was actually thinking about this yesterday, in a way, um, yeah, I had something I wanted to say earlier that you were talking about, but I forgot I'll answer this. Um, yeah, it was way easier because people were like, oh, what do you do? I'm a software engineer. Right. And then maybe the next question is like, 
oh, who do you work for? What do they do? And it's like, nothing is on me anymore, if you don't understand. Like, it's my company that's weird, or it's this other thing that's weird. But now, yeah, it was just way easier. And it'd be like, even then, I was like, yeah, I work at this healthcare startup. And you could, you could give them, like, the gist, like, very easily. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I could do that, too, with what I'm doing now. But it's, I think I'm much more involved in it. I'm much more tied up in it. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I think just, yeah, I just think the way I think about it and my emotions are mixed more into it yeah. than, than my job. Where my, I could separate my job and my life and who I was. Yeah. And my job was, like, yeah, I'm a software engineer. I do this thing. I get paid money for it. I think money was a big thing too because it's like money gives credibility and I'm not making like any money from the thing that I'm making now. So when I think it's mostly me projecting more than it is anything else. Yeah. It's it's me being like, oh yeah, I work on this thing. Yeah, it doesn't make any money now. And yeah, even when I say now to people, I think I start thinking what people are thinking about me. Right. Which is like insane like yeah. why am i doing that yeah uh yeah you took the words out of my mouth because that's exactly what i was doing and actually it was that but also i had a lot of my own like doubts about myself and belief in myself yeah which other people's questions slash reactions had the power to tap into that and kind of so I think I kind of learned to and it's still not something i've completely nailed i'm better with it but i'm also selective about what I answer depending on who is on asking which the I think is a great idea yeah yeah if it's a someone random at an Indian wedding who is asking from a place of just nosiness and is this a potential prospect for my daughter I'd be like I work in marketing yeah kind of do I want to you know yeah. log into marketing if it's you know typically someone here or someone who again I get a vibe and an energy of someone and there's some context whether they they might work in a startup or be doing their own thing or just someone I get is like a, a creative or whatever it might be, I'll be more forthcoming in saying like, yeah, so um, I'm a coach for bloggers and other creatives or and you know then go into it depending on what they ask. And so my level of comfort also depends on who's asking. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to say, man, I, I honestly congratulate you on stepping into who you are and where you're at right now. Because I've been there when you've been asked this question, like in this, because we're in this little nomad village in Madeira and like, yeah, I've been around you when other people said, oh yeah, obviously a common question. So, you know, who you are, what are you up to? Um, and yeah, I just commend you for just stepping into that because I know you've been going at this. Is it, did you leave? your software development job, I want to say a year ago, a little bit longer. Yeah, a little bit more than, than a year ago. That's not that long. And yeah. I think of myself, so yeah, in that first year, and I was working on my first business, and I didn't want to tell anyone, and I had this real paranoia that on LinkedIn, everyone was watching me, because like, yeah. they'd seen me yeah. leave recruitment, and they wanted to see, it sounds ridiculous, but they were waiting to see me fail. Yeah. And I was felt so difficult even sharing trying to market what I was doing and build energy and own that, but like chipping myself all up all over the place. And um, yeah, after, actually after that year when that didn't work out, I ended up falling into a bit of a depression. But I just wanted to say, pretty fresh in the grand scheme of things and you're really 
stepping into that and owning who you are and we'll come on to building in public because I feel like that kind of has a bit of an overlap here but I just wanted to say that's awesome I wanted to name that and also say actually even for me here like having someone else who's I feel like what we're both doing is quite different from what 98% of the other people here are doing. I 100% agree. Agree? 100% agree, yeah. Maker, being a yeah. creative, everyone's like, oh, that's different. Yeah. Like, that's, and like, that's the, like, the, the friendlier reaction I've had. And like, yeah. not that I've had an unfriendly reaction, but an unfriendly reaction here would be, because um, everyone's really nice, it's just like, oh, and they just don't really understand and don't really get it. Yeah. But to have someone else here with me, also doing something kind of in unconventional creative maker field and you to be I, I guess just owning that because I'm also in this messy middle yes I've made a little bit of money from INF club but and I've been working on it I think total coming up to three years now from when it was introvert Jedi still feels kind of weird not with the money and not having just also just doing something different from a lot of people yeah so, are you you know I guess I want to talk about the money thing a little bit. Like, how do you, yeah, how do you think about it? Because for me, it's such like, a, I don't know, maybe because I have like none of it coming in, so it's a really big deal for me. And it's, yeah, and I've also, I haven't realized, but I've tied it to so many things like subconsciously. Like, how, are you, how do you think about it, I guess? I don't know. Even with that, I don't even know what that question means. And I don't yeah, no, but I think I get where you're coming at. Um, Like how how is it tied? I'm yeah. How is it tied to like you? You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I've had to. I think I know in and of myself actually. I I kind of know that I'm not that materially motivated. It's more about the practicalities of living in the world and having money. So I think once I realise that in the moment, and because a lot of there's still a lot of stuff that comes out up around ego and comparison depending on the environments that I'm in. Yeah. For example, I go back into London in like, you know, places where people are wearing suits and all this stuff and I think I notice it more. But actually, my really deep down, I need money to live and survive and to give me the freedom. But I think I've better learned to, well I just, I don't think I really attach my sense of who I am with the money I earn. I want to make money and I'm you're constantly aware of everyone else making it and I want to survive and thrive and you know be yeah self-sufficient and all these things and you know there's uh, I, I'm grateful in that um, I've that my circumstances have been such that you know I've been able to spend some time at home and I've had some savings and you know all these other things um, but yeah I don't know I, I don't know. I think it's. I've just told my. I've tried to lean into the inner knowing that I will be completely fine. I've got some. It's helpful to have some element of safety. I remember back in the day reading, like, oh yeah, to make it, you need to throw that rucksack over the wall and go at it. Elon Musk. He was eating, spending like two dollars on food, living, <laughs> living on the floor, and I was like, 
yeah. And then, and then I was like, no, that, that doesn't work for me. I need some level of comfort. Again, it's a balance, too much comfort. And you know, yeah, but yeah. I'm motivated. My motivation comes from the impact I want to make and wanting to make it as like, a, in like an indie writer person um, who's making money from it. Like I'm super passionate about that. So I don't even know if I answered your question, but it's, yeah, there's a lot of parts to it. I think. Yeah, I think you did. I guess I asked the question because I wanted to answer the question yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> have you got some thoughts around it? Yeah, I think. And as you're, <laughs> okay, this is totally an aside. But as like a person, I think everyone does this. It's like you start saying stuff, and my mind goes like a million different ways. Oh, I want to talk about this. Yes. I want to say this. I want to say this. <laughs> but it's like fuck. I have to listen and I have to <laughs> respond. <laughs> I've noticed. I've noticed you and I both do that. Where like our brains go also, and like even when we were speaking on the phone earlier, and you were talking about coming around. We, I could have spoken way more about <laughs> yeah, no. the other stuff we were talking about. And you were like, I would take up any more of your time if none of if none of yeah, us had yeah. done that. Like. I could, we could, I could probably just end up speaking yeah. forever about a million different things. Um, yeah, but the money thing, I think like my issue mainly around it comes, I think my relationship with money is I'm fine with what I have in my savings and I understand the situation that I'm in and I'm completely cool with not making any money and where I'm at. Personally, I'm, I'm fine with it. But when I start talking to other people about it, Right. It's my relationship talking about it to other people and their perception of me is what it, I think it fucks with my head. Yes. Uh, because like the way I think about it is like I don't think I do this to other people if there's not someone else in my situation. And when I think about other people in my situation, I wouldn't be like I would be like respect. They're trying to like do something that they actually really want to do. But when I start talking about it with other people, I'm like... I'm talking about their reactions. It's not even what they yeah. say, it's how they respond. And I don't know, okay, you've articulated that really well and it's really speaking to me. Is this in any way for you worse with people the closer they are to you? Random stranger versus, I don't know, mum or dad? No, I mean, luckily my family is like super, super awesome. And I think it's mostly people I don't know that well. Right. Uh, and do, I'm do, do, do you feel any maybe that's just me do you feel any pressure from I don't think necessarily my family put pressure on me but in the context of the framework and I just can't I know in an ideal in an ideal world of feeling safe and secure they would they would much rather and they would it would be a lot more comfortable if I was doing something more conventional so I do think I put some pressure on myself from the perception that I get from others but it doesn't sound like necessarily that's something you experience. Yeah, I think for me, and then also back to your point, is like, for me, I'm also pretty, like, I'm, I try to be friendly and nice to everyone, and I talk to people, but like, I think I'm pretty selective about, not selective, but it kind of just naturally happens with the people that I end up building stronger relationships with, just because it's just like, it's just a vibe thing. Once you start like vibing with someone, it's just like, okay, great, like, you just, I feel like I end up going deeper and deeper and, and just getting to know them more and the relationship gets better. But, yeah, I think, I don't know, maybe it's just in my head, but it's mostly with other people that are, yeah, I don't know, I just, I just feel like I'm being judged and I hate, I just hate judgment so much. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I think that's it. And when you say you hate it, is that both as like a, 
just as like a principle, like kind of values wise, but also I guess being on the receiving end of that just never feels nice. Well, probably both of those reasons. Yeah, I think yeah, mainly one is couple. Re- yeah, mainly I don't like being on the receiving end. I've been better about it recently in my life when people judge me. I've like been able to shrug it off, but recently I think because I've been having a lot of issues with sleep, I think it's just like kind of exacerbated ev- everything. 100%. And I'm like, I'm much more vulnerable to it. I'm much more emotional now that I, I haven't, I've been kind of sleep deprived. Right. And I'm still trying to get like the sleep back. Uh-huh. And now, now when I talk about these things or do it, I'm much more like, yeah, I don't know, I just start thinking crazy stuff. Not crazy stuff, but stuff that's not rational. I can completely relate to, because, um, yeah, I know you've had some sleep-related issues here. I've had some uh, late nights. I was up the other night, like, the mosquito woke me up. I was just up for, like, three, four hours, and I had so I had a rough night's sleep. This was not last night, the night before, actually. I definitely find myself more irrational and like just unsafe and unable to see and judge things with the clarity yeah like 100% and sometimes it's super subtle and sometimes I even in that spot I have to remind myself like you've not slept much this is why this stuff is creeping in and I even pictured yesterday the boat you're still the boat the boat is just rocking a little bit because you've not had a lot of sleep, but you're still the boat. The boat yeah. is still the boat. Um, yeah, I can relate to that. Sleep's, a, sleep's important. Yeah. Nope, sorry. Um, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I have anything else on sleep. Yeah. I think we're done now. <laughs> no. <laughs> wrap it up. <laughs> you, I'm glad you said that because there's a bunch of important things that poignant, pertinent things I want to speak to you about. One of them is, okay, we mentioned software development. You were working in that world. Why'd you leave? What was it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I just... Because you were so pretty good, I think pretty, it's, what I would call a pretty decent sum. Yeah. Okay, we've talked about money. A yeah. pretty decent sum of money in software development in the States. Yeah. Uh, I guess kind of like to lead up to... I think it's actually a much deeper question like why did you leave your job and there's kind of this history that leads up to why I left my job and switched into being a maker whatever entrepreneur whatever you want to call that this thing that I am that I'm still trying to kind of figure out and own um, but yeah like I guess the story kind of starts back in college. I got a degree in computer science. Um, and then I'll say kind of this is where it starts. So like, I really enjoyed my degree and I just really enjoyed what I was doing and I enjoyed like programming and building stuff. And then I got my first job my senior year, like before I even finished university. So like I had an offer lined up mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, sweet, I'm gonna take this. And before I took that job, I had probably like three or four months of time to myself to <laughs> I just, just realized it wasn't exactly yeah. that sorry to be you off. Uh, I have three or four months of I think three months of time to myself to kind of just like program, learn whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted. I would say in a way it was like a drug for kind of like being in like a maker or 
because I always wanted to be a maker even in or like creator in in university even then my plan was like okay I'm gonna go get a job work a little while and then I'm gonna go leave and like do my own thing but I want to see how startups operate and how this whole like whatever VC getting money thing works like I want to be in San Francisco with all these people and learn maybe presumably learn some skills that would might help you eventually do your own thing yeah yeah 100% I was like I want to see how these companies operate so I can kind of like learn as much as I can and then go do my own thing gotcha Uh, so that was I always have that in the back of my mind but it's like yeah that thought and then like over the period of three or four years obviously changes a lot um Anyways, yeah, I have, like, just three or four months after university of just, like, me learning a bunch of, like, new technologies, building websites, like, making things that I wanted. And it wasn't, it was really just from a place of, like, oh, I want to learn all this cool shit so I can have it when I go to my job and I can just crush. (laughs) Um, Yeah, by the way, I was working for, I wasn't working for a startup at the time. I was just, I was, like, in college mode where I was, like, man, I'm in debt and I'm, fucking poor and I need some money and I will take the first job that pays me any good amount of money. Uh, so that's what I did. I ended up working for this bank called Capital One and yeah, I got like straight out of college. I went to Texas. Not straight out. Or after those three or four months, I went to Texas and I was getting like 90K, which is like really good um, for one guy in Texas. To, I don't know. If I think about my expenses I was paying, I probably had like $1,300 in all of my expenses, rent, food, uh, Netflix, HBO, whatever, you know, just like phone, and I started paying my parents' phone bill and stuff because my dad was like giving me stick for like, he's like, I've been paying this my whole life. Yeah, like, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, shut up, I'll pay this. <laughs> so you found all your, this was as a graduate as well, right? Yeah, yeah this fresh, is, fresh out of college? Yeah, after those, like, yeah, that's my first job. Uh, but anyways, I get back to like the, three or four months of building stuff. I loved it. I was like learning new stuff every single day, building new stuff every single day. And I was like, okay, yeah, maybe if I can figure out how to launch a website and have other people use it, like maybe I can, you know, like start working on something like this. But I, I learned the skills, but I never figured out how to like deploy something for people so they could actually get access to it. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there was tools and things that would have made it way easier, but I just, I, being like an engineer, I was like, oh, I want to know how everything works from like the ground up. Were you ever surprised that? Because I was, I've never, I was never earning ninety k myself in corporate when I left after five years doing recruitment. Yeah, but you obviously had that early, that amount of money early on, right from the get go. Had part of you ever thought before that, like, oh yeah, like money, a lot of money would be really cool to have. Because of course, yeah, of course. Sounds like even now, I'm like, if I have a lot of money, that'd be fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thinking about, you, you've had that much money, and you're like. Huh, it sounds like you were kind of paying your expenses and beyond that, like, I guess it seems that for yourself personally, you didn't feel like you needed yeah. much of it beyond yeah, so some of that stuff. Maybe yeah. some surplus just to, I don't know, spend on what you want to spend it on. But Yeah, I think this is what you're getting at. I mean, even 90K was way too much money for me, especially coming from a background of like my parents immigrated to the United States and like the only thing, very rarely I got like new stuff, it was always like necessities, food, clothes, that's where you're getting, son, right. <laughs> go. <laughs> uh, it was very rarely like video, like I would get like a, like a new system or something for my birthday, so it was like only big occasions where I really got stuff. So like going from that to like now having like this surplus of money, I was like, 
I was like paying like all my necessities, doing all the things because that's all I knew how to spend money on. And then I like had this this huge surplus of money that I was like, I was like, all right, cool, like I have this, but like I don't know what the what the fuck do I do with this? Like I was like, all right, I guess I'll pay off my student loans, pay those off pretty fast, awesome. especially because my parents helped me. Yeah. And the university I went to in the United States was way way cheaper than a lot of universities. Okay. Um, so like I paid that off, and then I was like, yeah, I don't even know what to do with this money. And like I didn't take vacations. All I did was kind of work because I was I wasn't so in the mindset of like right out of college. I was like, oh, I just want to keep learning, keep building. Um, by the way, I still haven't answered your question. I'm I'm coming back yeah, to it. We'll get to it eventually. No, but this is important. So uh, I'm listening intently. Yeah, and um, yeah, I had all this money. I was like, I don't even know what to do with it. I'm just like, whatever. I'll just like throw it in the stock market, and then that's what I did. But yeah, later on, one of the big things that kind of affected me later on when I quit. Software engineering made the transition to being like full-time maker or creator is this realization that I had that was, wow, I have all this money. All I'm doing is working. I'm not spending any of this money. I'm fucking saving it. Like, what the fuck is the point of this? Like, why am I doing this? Why am I, I have all this money. I'm doing nothing with it. My life is essentially just work. And I don't, I don't even... I'm not even getting enjoyment from this. Like, why would I continue to do this? Like, I don't understand. Like, mm-hmm. and that was one of the one of the realizations I had. Like, when I was quitting, was just I was yeah. I was just like, I don't really care about like this amount of money. Um, yeah, and I was making like, I mean, the job that I had in San Francisco, I was making like one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. And I think if I would have stayed another year, I probably would have got. I probably would have started making a lot more, um, but it doesn't doesn't. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. That that's that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I have more thoughts on money and stuff. But it was just like, yeah, it was pretty much well down to like all I was doing was working mm-hmm. and making a lot of money and not doing a lot of living. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me ask you a different question then, off the back of that. It feels like. <laughs> Even like you said, oh yeah, it was for like, eventually I'm gonna do my own thing and create and maybe I can make a website. Where did this desire for creating your own thing come from? Honestly, I have no idea. I don't know. I, I don't know. The best answer I can come up with is like, when I was a kid, I was, you know how people always ask you like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna be? I always just always was like, I was just like, I just want to make shit. I just want to, I just want to like make things, whatever, like be that with my hands or whatever way. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to create things and make things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think as I got older. For people to use? Yeah, for people to use. And as I got older, like one of my huge inspirations was like Nikola Tesla. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he was like obviously an inventor and I had this whole phase of like, I'm going to invent a bunch of shit and I want to learn all this stuff. But that didn't really, anyways, other reasons. Um, but yeah, and I, th- I think it, for me, I think it feels very natural. I think it feels very natural for a lot of people. I think a lot of people just wanna, they wanna do something that they like, that they're kind of producing on their own mm-hmm. and giving it to other people. And that's how they wanna make their lives of it. I think there's a lot of people like that. I'm sh- and I'm sure there's also other people like, cool with just working for someone else and they like it and it works for them. But me, when I was working jobs for other people, doing these things that, even with making a lot of money, like, 
I wasn't happy and I knew what it, it wasn't what I wanted to do. So yeah, I don't know where it came from. Like I would say for me, I think it always felt very natural. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, thanks for sharing. Like that all felt like because you were saying like, oh yeah, I don't know if I'm answering the question, but it I feel like it all feels like important context for you to even sometimes what's nice about these questions is when someone asks me a question I have the opportunity to almost journal and reflect there in the moment so yeah I got the sense that you were kind of doing that so I just wanted to listen in on it also um, I'm definitely not going to listen to this podcast like after this really yeah because I remember I was doing a podcast with my friend in the past and I listened back to it and I one I hid in my voice and two I realized how much I said the word like and it just came to my mind and um and I'm thinking now, I, it looks like 33 minutes. <laughs> I wonder how many times I said like. I probably said it like a million times. I just said it again. I've, I've not, uh, being, being completely honest, I've not noticed it. Okay, good. Thus far. So <laughs> Maybe I'm good. just being super critical. But I think you're good. Yeah, and then let me just wrap up that story about how I got to quitting. Pretty much had those three or four months of building whatever I wanted, having a huge amount of creative freedom to do whatever I wanted. And then I got into that first job and I was immediately depressed because the job was nothing like the freedom and doing the things that I wanted to do that were building and making things. It was all like, let's do all these meetings. Let's look at this product. It was all very corporate. I don't know how to describe it yeah. any other way. And it just, anything that was fun, anything that I liked, it just like sucked it out of me. And within a, like two or three months, I wasn't programming barely anything. I wasn't building anything new. Everything that I liked, I wasn't doing. So you weren't making or creating, you were in meetings and doing duller, yeah, and then the mundane stuff? Yeah, and then the, st the work that I did do was very, I was so used to building stuff so fast on my own and doing things. It was all these things that were just, everyone at, at that company to me seemed like they were cool with coasting. They're like, look, we can just do the minimum amount of work we need to do, get this stuff done, and we go. And honestly, now I'm like, fuck yeah, go for it. Do that, baby. <laughs> like, I would take that job in a, in a heartbeat again now because I could coast and then I could go do like my indie hacker thing or indie maker thing and, and then go back to still having a, an income and then a, like finally transitioning off of that. Mm -hmm. um, but at the time, I was like, I just want to build stuff. I just want to work. I just want to... Which honestly now I think was like kind of an unhealthy mentality. But anyways, yeah, that led me to, I'm going to hurry this up. <laughs> that led me to like getting my next job in San Francisco. Where it's like, okay, I'm gonna, I want to work for a startup. I want to be in San Francisco. And I want to meet all these whatever entrepreneurial people that are here. And yeah, when I got a job at this startup in San Francisco, I got there. Pretty much it was like everything that I wanted. I was like the 10th or 15th engineer there. And then all the people were super smart. Everyone was like heads down, working hard. I was like, all right, sweet. This is what I fucking wanted. Like, I want to work. I want to do all this stuff. And then fast forward like two or three years, and I'm just burned out and like not wanting to do all those things that I wanted in that job that I thought I really wanted. I was like, I want none of these fucking things. I want no part in this. I'm so burnt out. I'm so, I'm so just invested in this company and not in my life and not in myself. And yeah, I don't want to do that. And there's also yeah a lot more like realizations that I had. Another one was like, I was like, why am I 
back to that idea of being trucks coming by. Back to that idea of like whatever wanting to be someone who made things, kind of that. Dude, after like three or four years, you kind of you change so much as a person that that idea was still there, and thank God it was like kind of embedded. But I was also like, I was also very focused because like the whole world I was in was like the startup building the startup thing. I was so focused on like being a better engineer and stuff. I was almost losing touch with that. And yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where I want to go with that anymore. But mm. yeah. Anyways, yeah, I got to the point I was like so burned out and so like I don't want to do this anymore. I just quit. Yeah. That last thing you said, being a better engineer, what were you made to feel that that was? Because I'm sensing that. I'm sense. I don't know if I'm sensing right. Some sort of slippery slope there, which didn't feel. Which didn't feel healthy. Maybe I don't know. I, maybe I've been unhealthy my whole life. But like, I grew up playing a lot of video games and always having my attention on one thing very deeply. Right. Um, another, another truck. This uh, <laughs> one's got some rocks in it. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, but like I grew up playing video games and then I would just pretty much play video games all day as a kid and then as I got older, I got into sports. And I spent a lot of time on like playing sports and like whatever, perfecting my craft and getting whatever, I started with basketball and I spent a lot of time playing basketball and then I played football or soccer and I spent a lot of time doing that, trying to get better and better. And so it was always like this kind of fixation that I've had my whole life of like doing one thing and being getting better and better and better at it. Um, and always, whenever I was doing those things, I always had in the back of my mind like, I'm gonna be the best or I'm gonna go pro or I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something really good with this. And so I think naturally when I got to university and got to software engineering, there was another one of those things where it's like, okay, I want to be a fucking awesome engineer. I want to, I want to learn all this stuff and I want to do all this stuff. But yeah, it's a completely different world than, than sports or these things that are, I would say sports are pretty intuitive. There's not a lot of thinking, not a lot of like analytical stuff. Same thing with video games. It's kind of like, it's kind of just experience and you do it. Whereas engineering is a lot more analytical, a lot more thought-based, a lot more planning kind of stuff. Um, what do you prefer, planning versus intuitive? I don't know what I prefer. I like both of them in different ways. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what I prefer. Maybe a balance of the two. Yeah. Not more one more than the other. It sounds like where there has been one more than the other. Well, actually, I don't know, because you said you were doing a lot of sport. Yeah. Using a lot of intuition versus using a lot of planning again yeah. is that the same for you is it not ideal in either instance or yeah i don't know i think even when i was doing like the sports stuff i was still doing a lot of planning like okay like i'm gonna go practice at this time i'm gonna go practice whatever my free kicks or i'm gonna go do this at the yeah <laughs> just, i also remember just i had this one friend uh that i'd always message like dude because we lived right next to a, like a football field and i'm like dude i'm gonna go play you want to come with and he'd always be like no but he played we both played on like the same soccer team and he just worked at it way less than I did mm -hmm. and he just I'm not going to say I liked it more than him but I was <laughs> when I look at it I feel like I was putting in a lot more work than he was and he would come in at this like the when the season started and kind of be upset that he wasn't maybe starting or doing these other things and I was just like dude I'm always I'm always calling you to like go practice to like come play with me and you're always just like no <laughs> so 
don't know if that just came to mind. That was completely, <laughs> completely random. <laughs> I'm, I'm really curious about this, like, desire for, like, I don't know, mastery or excellence. And I'm like, I'm, what, what, the question that's coming up right now for me is, like, what does that look like for you right now? Like, what would being an, quote unquote, excellent indie maker, indie hacker, like, look like for you? Has your perception of excellence mastery changed in any way? Yeah, I think I think with doing this, it's way thing back to the money thing is like I'm like, I'm not making any money. I need to start making money. And so like the craftsmanship and those other things I think a little bit privileged to do mm. because I had like some financial backing from my parents and other areas and stuff where I could just focus on those things. And I like when I was a kid I lived with my parents I didn't have no responsibility so yeah those things like I had I all the time in the world and I could do whatever I wanted and I just like I need to go practice and get better at these things but now it's like I still think about the craftsmanship and that aspect of it because now that I'm building warp and I'm using it and I'm yeah like I use it and I try to like build profiles for people and kind of marketing things and be like oh look I made you a warp profile blah 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 mm-hmm. But as I'm using it, I'm like, this is shit. I go look at it and I'm like, this is shit. This like, I know what this, I know there's a standard and I know I should be hitting that standard at least. And even then I'm thinking like, how do I, yeah, how do I make this more pleasant? How do I make this better? How do I make this? Yeah, and I think that's just the way I like to look at things because even with that, things aren't perfect and things aren't great right now, but over time, if I'm kind of a craftsman and I like, fix this thing over here, make this, like, polish this thing over here, make this nicer, then over time it gets to a place where it's, like, becomes nice, it becomes beautiful. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of like this process of, yeah, just giving it enough attention over time, and then... Without, this is the thing, without burning yourself out. In yeah, 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 yeah. So for me, like, I don't know if I shared this with you, I'm like, just putting one foot in front of the other, yeah, yeah, without, yeah. Tri- without, tripping, without tripping myself up. It's that balance. I, I'm, the, I'm kind of the same with what I'm looking at, actually. It's very similar to where I've got to. I'm like, I just need to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Also kind of trusting the process or the universe, whatever you want to call it, but actually just, yeah, putting one foot in front of the other and um, not, this is in the past, in my kind of early, the early days of this and the business and blogs and other stuff, Focusing too much on metrics and money would burn me out. Would stress me out, burn me out, stress me out like in the moment and would lead me to not work well because I'm stressing myself out about the money. Like am I I actually having taken that pressure off of me, I work better day to day because I'm like I'm not so obsessed with the with making the money. And then even when it comes to kind of like launches that I run for my course or I've got one for my book coming up. I still, I think still I'll feel a little bit more like, ooh, like anticipatory, but I'll still be like, no, I'm trying to separate myself from that. These are the steps I'm gonna run in that two week time frame or whatever it is. And I'm gonna let it go and see what happens. Yeah. I'm saying that now, we'll see if that's the reality. But um, yeah, one foot in front of the other without tripping myself up. That's, it feels like you've kind of got something similar. Yeah, I love the one, one foot in front of the other thing because I do this thing, I think a lot of people do it, is like, all right, I'm gonna do this thing. And then you start anticipating what's gonna happen in the future. Right. And you try solving all these problems that you don't have. 
that are future problems that are going to come. And then instead of like, but if you focus on just like now and what are your problems right now, and you just do those, it's like one foot from the other and you make progress. Yeah. You're making progress. Yeah, it might not be as fast, but it's like you're making progress. And just trying to fix problems you don't have is so ridiculous. Right. And also, something else that's coming up, the comparison thing. We've talked about this. We're going to get yeah, on yeah. to Twitter and building in public. Comparing yourself to others who've, I don't know, got more followers or been doing it longer or their thing looks better. It's just like, that's also really, um, yeah, just really, really, really toxic. Um, Can be, yeah. Not always, but yeah. That's true, actually. So maybe, because it sounds like, yeah, you're right. It's not. Yeah, there's a line where the comparison can become unhealthy like I used to compare myself to others on Twitter with like a larger following and yeah getting more likes or retweets and even now building in public like people getting more engagement and I'm like oh um, and I'm in a spot where I'm like oh I've got more followers than some of these people starting out building in public and like my my engagement's a lot less less people are liking and commenting and all this stuff and it's just having to I guess you can kind of use other people as to kind of inspire you and lift you up and help you feel better, but again, it's that balance between yeah, the unhealthy comparison. Hundred percent. I think I don't know. There's a lot to be. Also, by the way, I think comparison is like one of the most human things ever, mm. because even from like an evolutionary standpoint, if you had like neighbors and they were doing very well, you're like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, why am I not doing this? Like, they have all these bananas and all these things, and I have like over here eating dirt and bugs to like live. So, like, you look at them, you compare yourself against them, mm. you look at what they're doing, you're like, okay, I'm going to copy that. Yeah. And then you usually what happens is once you do what they do, you get that. Right. But, like, with entrepreneurship or this maker stuff, like, the, the, all the variables and, like, all these things are off. So, it's by doing what they did, even if you do the exact same thing, it almost never works. Yeah. Because it's just, like, there's so many of these other factors that you can't see. Um, but also, yeah, the comparison thing, too, is, like, for me personally, like, that's, if I ever start comparing myself to other people, I'm just like, again, I just think about like the variables and I'm just like, it's completely off. Like they have one, like life isn't fair. <laughs> and like, you know, whatever, maybe like, I don't know this. I don't know the story. I don't know the history. I don't know anything. All I see is right now. So yeah, I don't know what they did to get there. I don't know how much work they put in. I don't know any of this. Um, and like, yeah, and I used to, I mean, after I quit my job, I was super burned out, and I was super, I was super bitter because I just worked this job that I didn't really like for two years, and it's one of those things, it's one of these things you don't really notice, but it wears, when you start doing things you don't like for a long time, it wears on you, mm-hmm. and it's why, like, you get these 80-year-old men that are super bitter about people, someone walking on their lawn. It's like, why are you so bitter? He just stepped on your grass. Yeah. Yeah, this dude just worked fucking 50 years doing a job he hates, probably. Right. <laughs> Give him a break. <laughs> I wanted to ask you what that year was like for you before we get into uh, Warp. That, well, the year, last year, she said it's been just over a year, like, from leaving your job through to present day, like, what's, what's been going on? Oh, oh, from leaving your job up until Warp, like, what? what did that look like? Uh, yeah, it's... So I'm getting, 
burnout, there's some yeah. space that it yeah. typically takes from one to unwind from that, just because I think there's a lot that's built up. Yeah, there's definitely like a lot of stuff in between there, but like, yeah, so I quit my job. I had moved into this. So in San Francisco, I was, because I was working all the time and I was, yeah, I was just working all the time and so focused on my work, I was really neglecting my social life. So I've been spending a lot of time on my own and I hadn't really made friends aside with like my roommates and a couple people with work. And so, yeah, it was pretty unhealthy. I was spending a lot of time playing like video games with friends in Iowa and yeah, just kind of not having a social life. <laughs> social life was pretty much non-existent. So I moved into this community house in San Francisco. And when I say community house, I mean pretty much a dorm. So I was living in this room with this other guy in like bunk beds, which was really fucking fun actually. Uh, <laughs> I really liked it. Um, and yeah, it was like me in this house with like 60 other people. It was very entrepreneurial. So there was a lot of other people that were also doing startups. And I'm, I have one friend that is in Mexico City right now. And dude, okay, this is really fucking cool. I gotta shout him out. His name's Eric Dunteman. When I knew him in this community house, dude was making like, I don't know, probably no money. And he had been making no money for probably like two years from what I remember. And he had, he had really, I hope he's okay with me sharing this. <laughs> but he had really, yeah, he had some, I don't know the story 100%, but this is my recollection of it. I don't want to do him any disservice or anything. But he had some struggles financially. He had help from his parents. And yeah, just hearing his story about how he struggled. And now he's making like his startup. The thing he's doing is like doing really, really well. Like making... I don't know. I'm assuming making thousands of dollars a month. And you knew him. Yeah, yeah I knew him when he was nothing. Yeah. He had zero. And like, yeah, so there's a lot of these people like him in that house. And yeah, the dude had, yeah, he'd been just like struggling. And he, I remember he worked like a bartender job for a little while to like save up some money. And now, now that he's thriving. So it's like, yeah, life can, life can change for you like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, and I met, like, a lot of people like Eric there, uh, and just, like, other people who had, like, even done stuff that were a little bit more known, and, yeah, it was very, like, kind of entrepreneurial, and I moved into that house, I lived there for about six months, and, yeah, right from then, like, yeah, from quitting my job, I was really burned out, and I, like, I was like, all right, I'm going to go do this indie maker thing, like, full-time now. And straight away, without any break? Well, I took, like, a month, I was just, I was probably, like, realistically, because, yeah, I was kind of just like drinking and doing drugs for a month to like relax, which was not, I don't know if that was a good idea, but it was kind of fun. And was that a way of coping with the burnout? And the, maybe. The, any, yeah. You mentioned, I think you mentioned the word depressed earlier. I don't know in what context you meant that. Yeah, I think I was just like, yeah, I mean, I think that comes later, but. Okay. Yeah, I mean, marijuana is legal in San Francisco and so is, so is alcohol, so I was just. I wasn't doing a huge amount of it, but I was, like, getting high every day for, like, a month, which was fun and drinking because it's, like, it's fun when you're just with other people hanging around and whatever you're... you're, I wasn't, like, doing it because I was, like, yeah, I want to get messed up. Like, I was doing it because I was with other people that I like being with and, like, messing around and having a good time. So it wasn't, like... Sounds like you were getting your in a way, you were getting the social time that you really needed. Yeah, yeah. Because you hadn't really been having that. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I probably spent a month about doing that, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna jump into the indie indie maker thing, maker whatever creator thing, and 
that's kind of when I started getting more depressed and more, yeah, and it was like, I think the burnout from my job probably took me like six, seven, eight months to actually get over. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to do this, so I'm going to like push through it. And even as I was doing it, I was like, I still had these feelings of like not really liking it, not really enjoying it. Uh, which, by the way, is like, if you're not really enjoying something, you're not really liking something, you know, that's maybe something to tune into and, like, listen to, because if you plan on doing something for a long time, you should probably enjoy some parts of it or enjoy most of it, or at least like the general kind of area you're in. And So what did you do when those feelings were coming up? And why do you feel you weren't enjoying it? Yeah, I think because I was burned out, I was still like very conflicted and very, yeah, I was very disillusioned with life at that point. Um, and yeah, from there I'd probably built like, while I was still in San Francisco, I probably was like, probably built like two or three products. So I was building one like every month or two. Uh, and it wasn't really going anywhere. And I would go on Indie Hackers. And I would look at other people, and I would go on Twitter. Oh, actually, not Twitter. I wasn't really using Twitter. I just recently started using using it. But I would go on any hackers, and I'd see all these milestones of people making money, and I'd be like, "What the fuck, dude? How are these How are these people making money? I'm making no money. I can't even get any users. I can't do anything." And yeah, I started doing like this comparing myself with other people thing, and like, yeah, it was just like, but it was coming from a place of like, yeah, and I was just like upset and bitter that these other people were doing well, and like. I wasn't, and it was so, I think about it, it was, was very toxic. It was very, like, yeah. Uh, you probably, it sounds, I sense that you probably were still disillusioned from the giving away two years of your life in the employer and yeah. that whole experience. I didn't really give it away, I was paid very well, but like, <laughs> but it was, it, um, yeah, the, the sense you had, it sounds like, of oh, the last couple of years have kind of sucked in a lot of ways, and yeah. there's a lot around that. Dude, I'm oh, sorry to cut you off, but I remember yeah. my roommate at the time, in 2020 he was like at the end of the year he was asking me something about like he was like how do you think this year was for you and i remember i remember this distinctly i remember saying i was like i think this is the worst year of my life wow yeah 2020 yeah i think like 20 whenever like one of those years in san francisco i think my first year this is last year or 2019 i don't remember one of those years but like yeah i distinctly remember saying like yeah i think this is the worst year of my life and yeah i think it was yeah, so that's how much I didn't like it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I want to ask you one more thing, but very quickly before we get into actually talking about a couple of the words you mentioned, indie hacking, being a maker, this sort of stuff. Um, and that question was, it's actually escaped me. Sorry to cut you off. Maybe it'll come back. I think it will come back. But what? Uh, what? I think it will come back. How um, much? What time are we at, by the way? It's twelve twenty-six. Oh, it's been going fifty-six minutes. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Is that okay for you? Yeah, it's fine for me. I just want to make sure it's fine for you. Yeah, yeah. As in. Yeah, I'm loving this. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really enjoying this. Um. Oh yeah. What was it? A question about. It'll, it'll, I think it'll come you back. You mentioned creators and indie hacking and... Yeah, let me ask you, okay, about that because we've, you've, we've mentioned a couple of times about being a maker, indie hackers. 
for those who are listening in on this who may not be aware, there's kind of writers and other artists and other creative people who are like, oh, what's this maker thing? What's, what's indie hacking? Um, can you kind of sum, yeah, give like a little yeah. sum up? I think, yeah, I think writers, bloggers, all that stuff to me personally falls in that category. Yeah, to me, to me, it's someone that's who's- I, That's why I hang, hang, hang out on these, I've been hanging yeah. out in these spaces. Yeah. To me, it's like anyone who's trying to make a living or make some money from something they enjoy doing right as far as i'm concerned yeah that's what it is to me so like that's kind of what i'm doing uh but yeah i think like yeah if you write a blog and you have a bunch of people who visit visit your blog and you make money from that or if you don't make money from that i think you fall in the category of this like maker indie hacker whatever uh, which is kind of where i mean you right now aren't making any money from this i've made a little bit of money from my nf club i think that's another important thing to name here there's a big group of people in this messy middle, or if not, it's like we're stopped from, we need to be okay with being in that spot of, I think both of us are very clear this is the path we, we want to be on. And 100%. We, and we've shared that we have kind of a deep knowing that this is right and that it will lead to what it needs to lead to for us yeah. further down the line, and we're, we're enjoying it in the here and now, for the most part, it sounds like. Yeah. I just think it's really important to name that because, like I said, there's so many people from people I might onto the podcast. Just, I've seen on Indie Hackers also a lot of people who you kind of see the stories of those who are kind of seem to be functioning well and thriving. And A, you don't know their story, and B, there's a lot of 100%. other people who are just, I call it the messy middle. I'm pretty sure I'm going to be in the messy middle. I think leaving the 9 to 5 corporate life. I have. I will always be in the messy middle. Like I'm always evolving and growing, and I and the club is kind of shape shifting. And even who it's for is kind of honing more and more, and it will continue to evolve. But I wanted to name that. Like there's so many of us, and if you if you're listening to this and what thing bits are resonating from working in corporate or working for someone, wanting freedom, wanting to create, like you're our people you are probably an indie creative maker yeah even if you're not yet making any money from it or you feel so like i did like i was five six years ago going to conferences and surrounding myself with people who were wanting to do what i did or maybe a little bit further ahead they'd taken the plunge and they were doing it and now i'm kind of again looking ahead at those who you know i've now grown in belief by i think just being on that road but I think it's really important for anyone who just feels really disconnected from that or doesn't feel like it's possible right now it really is and again we'll segue into community and all of this stuff which I know has helped both of us um, but I again okay real quickly I've, I've remembered the question I think I remember, remember the question I wanted to ask you've talked you talked about the burnout in the job and doing stuff like do you are there could you name what it was about your employed work that, I don't know, led to the burnout or led, like did, you didn't want to, led to you not wanting to be there? Was it the burnout? Was it anything more than that? Because it sounds like you still wanted yeah. to do your own thing. So I'm just trying to get a sense of, I think we might have talked about some of this as well. Like, yeah, I think what I'll was be- it about working for someone in, a, I guess, a, a setting? I will say the startup, I'll say, uh, I think in both cases it wasn't I wasn't doing enough uh, so let me explain what I mean by that so like at the startup 
uh, I feel like there's people who are contributing a lot to the startup and I felt like I wasn't contributing enough. Like I wasn't pulling my weight in a way uh, because like I am, I wanted to be a part of something. I wanted to give a lot. I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to like pull my own weight and really help make, like make this thing good and make it better. And I remember being there and feeling like I wasn't doing enough. Mm. So like I would, I would work at work. There's a lot of things tied up in this, but like, yeah, I remember I would work at work and then I would leave and then I'd go home and like try and study and work and do all these things that, that I thought would help me get better and move faster and contribute more. Mm-hmm. And yeah, pretty much I just like was always like learning something or was always doing something and yeah, just like pretty much it became like this cycle of working like 18, whatever, 16 hour days every single day. And you felt you weren't doing enough? Yeah, like in terms of like my contributions at work, in terms of code or in terms of like what I was doing, uh, I just felt like I wasn't doing enough. But I think when I look back, like I remember even talking to like whatever the CTO and he's just like, pretty sure he, he liked me a lot. Like he was, anytime he gave me feedback, like, he was always like, yeah, you're doing like good. You're doing what we want, We're, you know? So did, it was, did you in any way feel not to try and ask you a leading question? Like removed from the process, just removed from, because obviously in an organization, you're, you're only seeing one part of and doing one part of building the code, presumably in a team. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Did that come into it? I don't want to leave you down. No, I mean, kind of a no. There's just, I mean, there's so much shit okay. in here that's like, there was there was that like contributing piece. I felt, I always wanted to be someone who contributed a lot. If like, I saw how much the top people were contributing and I was like, okay, I should probably be contributing as much as they are. Right. With the time I'm spending. And so again, it was like this comparison thing that was like shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was that. Uh, yeah, there was also other, this other thing of like, I pretty much worked remote for, one year because the team in San Francisco was doing a lot of work not related to what I was doing. I was, they were doing more like, let's call it application development. And I was doing more like DevOps stuff, which is more like, how do you deploy the code? How do you get it out? How do you make sure it's up? How do you make sure if something fucks up, we know a lot of this work. And the team there wasn't really doing a lot of that. So, and I was working with these people in Boston. So again, I was like very isolated uh, from, from what they were doing. And yeah, I ended up, eventually ended up being me and this one other guy who was way younger, who's a fucking monster. Just like amazing, like super smart, adding tons of value, just helping so much. And I just remember comparing myself to this guy. I was like, man, this guy's younger than me. He's like absolutely crushing it. He's like doing all this and I'm not even, I feel like I'm not even doing as much as him. And yeah, just pretty much this cycle of like, not feeling like I'm doing enough because I want to be a part of it. I want to contribute. It almost felt like I was like the little brother somewhere where like you're playing, you know, but they like they give you a controller but it's disconnected. <laughs> and like that and then also just working all the time, always learning something. Always trying to like feel like I'm catching up. So and then also at the same time not really being fulfilled by it. Uh and the same time also having these other emotions of like having that like being an indie maker, being you know, 
being someone who makes their own thing. Um, yeah, I don't know, it's a lot, of, a lot of stuff going on, it sounds like. Yeah, I can't even, I don't know if I can pinpoint it to one thing, but it was the culmination of a lot of things. Also, the other thing was like the, the culture at work wasn't, I figured out it wasn't for me really. It was very heads down, very like, I, didn't, I don't think I had a lot of good relationships with my coworkers. Not that they were bad relationships. It was good when we did talk and I enjoyed talking to them. But at most, I would say probably 70 or 80% of the time at work, I was at work at my desk, head down, doing something. And the other, I don't know, 10 or 20%, 10% of the time, I would say I was talking to them, 20% of the time, other 10%, I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> but um, playing ping pong or eating snacks or something. Drinking um, beer. One of those classic we like, didn't have, startup we had, perks. Ping pong and beer. Yeah, I think we had beer, but, or we didn't have beer, I don't know, I don't remember. Um, but yeah like in other startups I feel like hearing about other people's journeys one of the things that they really loved was like the camaraderie and being so close with their coworkers and being like yeah we're doing this thing together like I didn't really feel like that it felt a sense of why yeah I think because it was so isolated I didn't really get to ever really 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 connect with them and we were also like very early stage so we were never making revenue like the team was growing and we had a lot of funding but the product itself and the thing we were building didn't really take off and it was very slow and it was like we were just building this thing and we didn't have yeah i don't know man there's a lot of things gotcha a lot of things let's get into war before warp very quickly was there any other tinkering project stuff that you were working on before warp? yeah there's probably like four or five okay yeah, I did like uh, I did a dating app. I did this. I did this other thing that was pretty much it would help non-native non-native English speakers find native English speakers to speak with. Okay. Uh, just to chat and then yeah, help them get better. Uh, so I did the dating app. I did that. Um, I did I did this browser extension called Cap. Uh, I made it for myself basically because. After I left San Francisco, I moved back in with my parents, built a lot of unhealthy habits. I was on YouTube for, like, fucking hours a day, and so I needed a way to, like, stop myself from, like, putting a limit on my YouTube usage. So, okay, and then, you designed an extension to Yeah, that. so I built a browser extension for that. Is that still, like, can anyone, is that available online? Yeah, it is. Where can people find that? Uh, you can find it on the App Store. It's not really maintained, but I was actually thinking of relaunching it. And uh, kind of kind of around my Twitter use case where I use it for like 10 minutes every hour. So kind of change it or adding that functionality in to block different ways to help me be more intentional about my usage. I feel that, that could be a useful thing because I don't know if that can even be done natively, but I feel like that's something which I could... YouTube is probably the channel I use, which it's, it's one of the channels which is the most difficult to rein yourself in on. Yeah. Um, so there was that. That was cap. There was. That was useful. Oh yeah, I was doing a newsletter for a little while. I did uh, pretty much. Yeah, I was like looking at a lot of other things, and I came up with like sharing resources for people who are learning, learning about programming and areas they can. Um, yeah, just like things I wish I knew, and that was actually going pretty well. Like I was getting, I would post on Reddit and I was like going to my 
I would get like thousands of upvotes on my posts and stuff. And then eventually the mods were like, you're self-promoting. You need to, <laughs> you need to stop. And I remember I had like, I don't know, by the time I quit, I had over a hundred subscribers and I was doing it every week and it was so tiring and I just didn't end up liking it. And then I was just like, man, I'm fucking quitting. I'm not doing this. Um, but I also transitioned it into like just writing stuff that about things that I was doing. So I wrote about how I made cap and the things I learned. Uh, there was that, there was, I think there's one or two other things that I'm not thinking of, but there was, you know, there's probably like five or six things that I tried that just failed, didn't work. I didn't have, yeah, thank God for Twitter. Now I have like 300, you know, I have like 300 followers and yeah, just, it's such a good way to like kickstart things or get, just get feedback or just see how people react to things when I tweet about them, if they like it, if they don't like it. Like it gives me like some indicator, some signal. Um, and there's just so many things I like about it. Um, but yeah, I didn't have, I don't know if you want to call it an audience. I don't think I have an audience, but yeah, I just didn't have people that I can make aware of like, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm building. And having that is just like so valuable. Would it be fair to say it sounds like Reddit seemed to be for a time your channel for one of these other products you were working on? It was like I tried to do I tried to use Reddit a lot of times and it was just like I got wrecked. I remember I remember getting really pissed off a couple of times because I would post something genuinely being like, I'm trying to help yeah. and people would comment and I think it was because of the facelessness of Reddit and they'd be like, This guy's scamming or like they would say like these things and I'd be like, dude, what the fuck? Like I'm just trying to help or the mods would take it down and I and I totally get it because you're not supposed to be promoting you're not supposed to be doing these things but it's at the same time it's like I just want yeah, to I'm just super I'm just sensitive to, on Reddit the community yeah. I know Harry marketing example is Harry Dry has talked about this he was like Reddit is super brutal like you've got to go above and beyond it. Yeah. Honest, even as a platform itself the anonymity of it just feels just noisy and like it doesn't it's not my favorite place to be online compared to Twitter, for example. And I know you've since moved to Twitter. Um, I want to talk about war and I want to talk about Twitter because this building in public and using it in a healthy way, I think, yeah, this is important stuff for us to talk about. Yeah. So you can start with either one or both of those, just the warp journey and building in public and yeah, so. Yeah, just to like, let me start a little bit before. Okay, gotcha. Because maybe this is even more of a dream, but I'll try to make it quick. You know, to do, uh, do what you, yeah. But like, you need to actually before I like committed to being an indie hacker, uh, or indie maker, whatever, blah, 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 with those terms, still don't know how to wrestle with, I'm still wrestling with them, but yeah, I remember I was looking for a job, and as I was looking for the job, I was like, man, I really don't want to fucking go back to a job. <laughs> I really don't want to go back to this. And I remember seeing something from like Peter Lovell's or some of these other people like that I followed on Twitter when I had like I don't know, like 25 people following me. Just quick context, Peter Levels is possibly the best known indie hacker maker. Yeah. Uh, he made Nomad List and a bunch of other... Yeah. Uh, you check out his, his, his Twitter bio, Levels IO, he's got about eight different products in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was just a quick... Yeah, and then he tweeted like, no. I made, he's like, I made whatever this much money this month and I did this and I was just like, Fuck! This looks. God, I don't. There was something about it that I don't even know if that was a tweet, but there was something he said that just inspired me so much that I was like, 
I was like, fuck, I need to go back and give this another honest try. Because when I was doing those, like, the dating app, these other things, I was just, I was doing it, like I was saying, I didn't really like it. I was, like, very half-assed, and I was very, like, depressed and sad about it. Like, man, why isn't this working? Everything I do is... I think everyone goes through that, man. Yeah. In terms of the expectations and perception and even just adjusting away from conventional life to doing your own thing. I don't know anyone who hasn't been through this kind of shitty period of, I don't really know what I'm doing. This is really freaking tough. I feel like I'm working loads and not getting anywhere. Yeah, I, I think, think so. that I think that's a common experience for everyone, whether you're whatever type of, like you say, make or creative, blogger, author, making music, whatever it is. I think everyone kind of goes through yeah. Um And after I saw that and I did this interview, I think I like bombed the interview <laughs> and then like I had other interviews lined up and I remember I canceled the interviews and I was like fuck it I'm gonna go hmm. I'm going all in <laughs> and um, yeah I started using Twitter again kind of not really but that's when I then I started building this other thing uh, called Open Potatoes and yeah I sold this yeah so that's and when I started building Open Potatoes is when I actually started using Twitter and I was like okay since I'm doing this indie hacking thing and I know about building in public, let me <clears throat> let me give it a try. You know, let me give it an honest go. How did you know about building in public at this point? So just from my time on indie hackers and people talking about whatever, building an audience or building in public. And then I had, I had read some of these other stories that I thought were relevant to me on people like how I made my first $50 or how I made like some small amount of money. And they were talking about building in public. And I was like, okay, this seems like something I can do, and I know about it. Yeah. It's small and it's palatable, and like we were saying, this is where I feel like it can take a long time to get from zero to 100 and hear the $100 and know the stories around that, compared to like, oh, you just see all these stories of people promoting their own stuff, or they're running this fully-fledged thing, which is already going, and you're like, you make yourself feel bad, because you're like, oh, I'm going from here to there, but there's no inner helpful ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, sorry, disrupting your flow again, but um, building in public. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear. How did you first come across? Okay, it was through Indie Hackers. You came yeah, yeah. So I heard about people doing on Indie Hackers. So they've got uh, a channel on there called Building. And in public. I think I, I think people know about it, and people know about it intuitively, intuitively. Right. But they don't know about this label, whatever building in public. Right. Some people do it. Any. I've got a friend who does it. He, he, he was doing it anyway, and he was just like, uh, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Whereas others like me. Maybe it. I wasn't kind of doing it, but it made kind of sense. And I guess the way I was doing it is, I was doing everything, but just kind of my own journaling. I guess I've I've, I've slowly become more and more public, but I think the intentionality around public has connected with me because I'm like actually a big part of me. My growth is letting myself be seen by others. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again. Across you, it just feel really passionately about this. Yeah, and the, the the thing I was gonna say about it is like building in public is just you do something and you you talk about what you're doing. Right. That's I think that's it. Uh, yeah. And people have been doing this for a long time, not calling it building in public, just being like, hey, I'm doing this thing. Yeah. Or here's this report about the thing that I'm doing. 
and it's whatever making this much money or I lost this much money. I failed at my startup. That's building in public as far as I'm concerned. So a great example off the bat is for anyone who's just like, like what, uh, like, because also if you're listening to this and you, I feel like it'll be helpful to see an example. Deanna Allen, I think it's on Twitter, D-I-A-N-N-A and then M-A-L-L-E-N is her Twitter handle. She's been doing that for a while, sharing her journey, putting pictures up. She, it's cool. Yeah, sharing your dream, that's another building a public thing as far as I'm concerned. If, and it feels nice both for the person doing it and for everyone else. And there's like this little community around yeah. it. And it just feels real, authentic. You feel connected, community. You're surrounding yourself with people like you. And it turns, it seems to be able to turn the online space and Twitter and even, I'm sure you could do it in other forums as well, other spaces, into nice spaces. Yeah, I've had nothing but a good time. Like people talk about how shitty Twitter is. I have like my Twitter feed is like nothing but people like supporting each other, talking about what they're doing. Here's this thing that I did, and probably threads about like whatever. Here's how to do X thing. Mm -hmm. I never see any politics. I never see any. I never see people like mad at each other. I never see any of that. <coughs> Excuse me. Did you ever feel? Because I sense this is where some of the audience listening in might feel a bit of a little bit of a not a disconnect for want of a better word, where it's like it's a lot to put oneself out there and sharing what they're up to that can be quite daunting and overwhelming for people, especially when it's things that are kind of close to them and that they care about. I agree. About. Yeah. How was that for you? Um, yeah, I think I had I. I still battle with it in some ways because I don't know there's I think I remember hearing this thing I think it's some Japanese thing where it's like you you have the face it's like two faces or something you have the face that you show everyone else and then you have your true face which is only you really know right um, and so like sometimes I feel like there's things that I tweet or want to talk about or want to share and it's like my true self and it feels very vulnerable uh -huh. uh, and sometimes I don't share those things but I try over, I would say meditation yep. and some of these other things and kind of just thinking less and sharing more helped me. I don't know. It does. But off the back of that, and it does. And actually over time, I have experimented with what I share. A couple of podcasts episodes yeah. ago, I read out my journal entries from my microblog. Um, sharing what I'm up to here, you know, it's pretty personal and there's other things I've talked about, you know, mental health and pornography and other things. Yeah. But what I would say is, I've got this huge thing about authenticity and sometimes I put unnecessary pressure on myself where I'm like, you know what, Jazz? There might be a part of your life and your story which you don't want to share. And this is where boundaries are can be really important. And this is something yeah. else I constantly can struggle with where it's like, I want to be authentic, but how much do I share? Like, do I share this? And like, this is where, like, for me, Instagram, I'm currently experimenting with Instagram. I'm, it's a challenge. I delete the app every time I post. I don't want to, I've not found a way of sharing my life on the go without it um, being too much for me. I need that boundary there where I'm just, I can't share things live, especially when it's pictures, even tweets. I like to sometimes reschedule and a schedule I'm still figuring that out but I think the point I'm trying to make is I think you need to find what works for you and you need I think everyone needs to be okay with authenticity a part of authenticity being true to yourself and also being like 
I don't have to share this part of my story and I also never ever have to do that if I don't want to yeah I found it useful to step more into step more into my true self online and be like this is what I'm doing this is what I'm sharing these are pieces of my life I'm in Madeira this that and the other but are there like really deep innermost parts like vulnerable parts of myself that I've not shared online like yes are there going to be things that I might never share online yes and I think that's okay as well so I just wanted to name that because I think a lot of people can really give themselves a hard time about being authentic 100% and I just want to say I think one thing that's super helpful to think about it is if you if you think about what you just said like the things you shared I think that's I think it's fucking awesome and if I think about someone who I follow online or whatever and I think about them sharing some really personal part about their life it's like maybe it resonates with me maybe it doesn't right so either I don't look at it and if I do look at it it's probably something that I really resonate with right for example like pornography addiction or something like that if there was like I don't know someone that I really like I don't know let's say let's say I really admire Peter Lovells and Peter Lovells read something about my struggle with pornography addiction like I'm gonna read that and I'm gonna be like I'm, I'm the thing in my head I'm not gonna be like what a fucking loser like struggling with I'm gonna be like holy shit like I'm so glad this guy shared this yeah. because it resonates with me so much yeah. I feel like I've connected with them more yeah. and I just yeah I, I remember even reading posts from other people talking about like, quitting their job and starting like their their journey of like trying to make something being a whatever maker make something for themselves and just like reading it and almost like crying because and probably crying because I have cried when reading some of these stories is like because they're so yeah, high. yeah because it's yeah. just like I see myself in this so much yeah. yeah that it's like and it's like yeah I just end up liking the person more because of it and I'm sure you, and yeah I think it goes back to this any person with a face and a heart isn't gonna like shit on you for sharing something and being authentic yeah uh, only some like I can only think of some terrible person who would <laughs> who would do that yeah, for whatever for sure. reason I don't know why yeah but I, a couple more things I'd have to add on that so I journal and my journal is for me um, that this is my journal I've got like another I've got a couple of journals but I've got like my own personal journal where I do my own journaling I've got another one where I write posts and other things I upload for INF Club or my uh, microblog, which I call my digital diary or journal. But like my own journal is for me. Yes, you can choose to share stuff if you like, but again, another super helpful container of like personal life stuff for you to share if and when you want to. I'm a big believer that everyone at some point should write a memoir, not for the purpose of are making loads of money from it yeah. but for the purpose of sharing you and your story with some vulnerability and care and reflection and there's something about putting that out there whether it's online or whether it's I don't know I almost feel like if you really wanted to you can just hand out copies to people in your life who you know if you wanted to but put it online this yeah I don't know that that rather than I think in the moment I can like I'm thinking about things that I might want to share one day about my, you know, about myself. Whereas I, I, you know, I might, and um, you know, there's nothing in particular that I'm holding back. But I might be like, you know what, a memoir, or more than one memoir, could be a real good spot for me to 
deal with some of those other parts of my life which um, yeah I don't know for me there's something about creating distance between the writing and the sharing whether it's scheduling tweet or scheduling a newsletter or whatever it might be in the same way that it's like uh, and I actually I think there's a lot of distance I create through writing everything I publish then publishing rather than I would for example I would feel more feels more scary to me to like write some type something up on the fly and then hit send on it in a similar way to like I don't know like a vulnerable memoir it's like that's the whole thing I'm working off it online I'm working on it offline putting it together then I'm kind of gonna let it come together in its own timing and then release it when I think it's ready um, so yeah that's maybe just a different way of looking at it rather than being like oh I really want to share about this personal part of my life, and uh, you know, I need, uh, maybe should I do that in a blog post next week? I'm just like, no, just give yourself some space. And, yeah, uh, I don't know. Also, no, I 100% agree. There's also something about writing that you can't do while you're thinking. Writing and thinking are just different. Once right. you start writing, it's like it's externalized. I don't know. There's something about it where you. It's you pers like you just think about things differently when you write versus when you think about them in your head, mm -hmm. and so it's it's useful from that angle as well. Yeah, and also just I don't know. There's just so many things it's it's useful for that aren't that don't necessarily have to be building in public sharing. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then the last thing I'll say is around some things that feel really vulnerable. There can be with time and with work that you do yourself offline in your own private space for you to deal with that um, and come to a better place with it and at that point you might wish to then share about it but I know in the past I've kind of put pressure on myself to share like and I'm glad I did it actually and it felt very in the moment and I was speaking to there's a friend I do a regular conversation with Lawrence Apala and I shared some I'd already, I think I'd written about it online a little bit, but then I shared more context around my, I think my pornography, and it was the first time I'd kind of vocalised that, uh, my pornography and the addiction. Um, so I'm just like, yeah, it's like, that's another thing. You don't have to put pressure on yourself to share that and to be healed and be okay with sharing it if it feels scary. Like, it is okay for you to deal with that in your own way. I don't know, offline with a therapist or with a loved one or a trusted one without having to... Again, it's one of those other boundary things where it's like... Yeah. People online... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the point I'm trying to make, but there's just a lot. There's a lot Dude, here there's, to unpack. There's also... There's this thing with shame as well, where it's like, usually if... This is a conversation I have with my therapist. Usually if you don't want to talk about something or you avoid it, you're ashamed of it. And maybe this is echoing back to my money, you know, whatever. It's like, if you don't want to talk about something, or you're scared to bring it up, or you don't want to, yeah, you just don't want to talk about it, you're probably ashamed of it, or there's some shame associated with it. Mm -hmm. And just owning that thing and talking about it, there's a lot of power in right. that, in being like, yeah, I'm, you know, whatever, I have this thing, and it's part of me. Mm. And it's, yeah, it's a fucking part of me. and. I live with it and the more you talk about it the more you share it the less like shame or the less power it has over you yeah yeah there's a lot shame's a big one there's like I don't know if you see Brené Brown stuff she talks about that yeah. 
but also um yeah through speaking through writing also like to like work through shade this is like this is powerful stuff i want to check in with you because i'm noticing some emotion here like are you okay yeah i'm good i'm great yeah yeah i just wanted to make sure you're okay yeah like, okay um i listen to louis through his podcast i whenever we're I guess we've not directly talked about vulnerable stuff, but we've kind of skirted around vulnerable stuff. I know I have for myself. Pornography and addiction, we can... I'd be happy to talk about that, but there's other things I want to ask you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, Louis through is always like, I'm just going to interview like CEO and stuff. I'm just checking in. Is this okay to talk about? So I just like the way yeah. he checks in. Thought I'd do a little check in there. Right. I think we were talking about building in public and then got on to shame. Yeah, but um, I, I can talk about building in public real quick. There's yeah. something I wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to say is like the great thing about whatever building in public or building an audience or whatever these things like. I don't really even like the term building an audience because it seems so like. I'm gathering all these people to follow me. <laughs> like I just it's like just fucking like I don't know. I hate that idea. Uh, but it's nice. Like the nice thing about Twitter or some of these other things is that you can probably expect that it'll be around five years time, 10 years time from now. And it's like, you can kind of, yeah, you can like cumulatively build on it. And it's, yeah, I don't know. And it's also something so cool about going from like zero to like 100 to like 200 to 300. You wrote about this. Yeah, I did. And it's fucking amazing. We share that alongside the episode because I read those. Yeah, because like, yeah, I went from, essentially, I had like 25 followers when I first started using, like, when I created my Twitter account, but I didn't start using it probably like till two or three months ago. And when I started, I had like 25 people following me, and probably one or two of them were actually active. The rest were like people I knew in real life that I followed on Twitter that was like, follow me back, and they like never used Twitter. And so going from like, whatever, those 25 to 50, mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, like this is, like this is crazy. And I don't know, maybe the, also the mindset of like setting small goals and hitting them has also helped me in a way mm. because my my mindset isn't like, my mindset isn't like, oh, I need to hit like 10,000 followers in a month or two months. Otherwise, I'm affiliate. like, I'm just like enjoying what I'm doing right now. And if I get like 25 people in like a month, like that's a win. That's a huge win for me. So I'm, I'm sensing <laughs> like it feels like you're kind of enjoying making friends. This is what I would say about building a, building a public in like, and I'm kind of, I feel like I want to step more into it. It feels like a, like a nice organic way to do marketing in a real authentic way. You're just showing up as you are, kind of making conversations with those who you feel drawn to or the call to in a natural way. So what I kind of suggest to anyone on starting out on Twitter or my other favorite place is microblog to start having conversations to start sharing who you are where you're at and um i think there's a lot a real pressure early on to like follow a bunch of people really quickly yeah no you just take it really easy just let it be organic let it be natural yeah, let it be organic i think that's um because it's a nice way to do uh, marketing is one of those things that a lot of us feel really icky about for me building a public is like it's a real organic nice way like i'm making friends i'm building a community in the way I think it feels good for me and it's just authentic and it's more natural and it isn't about going viral or having to create you know 
do kind of outrageous things which don't feel kind of authentic to you also i want to talk about the there was a transition that happened for me that was so i would say life-changing being someone who uses or lurks or just looks at websites to being someone who actually uses a website not for some purpose like all the things that i used before were like fulfilling some need but like twitter's the first time i think i've used social media in a really really long time like actually used it to like talk with other people engage with other people give my advice my thoughts whatever and i think back to the thing if you're uncomfortable with sharing that's a great place to start because just engaging with people and talking to people is like the first step of like i don't know being whatever if you want to say sharing just like exposing yourself online right it's like yeah and it's it's a bit there is some vulnerability that comes with that I think yeah and you can also do it in such easy ways like people some people ask questions on Twitter or, or they'll be like yeah this really shitty thing happened to me and it's like okay I can also share about how something really shitty happened to me or it's just like yeah I don't know there's just this I can't even explain it because I experienced it it was like the shift from going from just like scrolling through the Twitter feed looking at stuff liking on stuff retweeting stuff to like tweeting replying to people talking to people DMing people asking for video calls asking for whatever and now it's like yeah the people that follow me and I follow like I talk to them like I try to talk to all of them (laughs) and it's like they talk to me and it's it's so crazy to me because like the way I'm thinking about it it's so crazy because I had lived like whatever my whole life just using this thing like as like something to like dump my eyes into and just like read shit and hopefully like passively pick something up but if you just talk to people and just engage and talk to people it's i don't know it's crazy just the the amount of shit that's happened to me on twitter because i fucking talk to people and i'll be really honest i don't know if you ever had this i had this um notion of some of these people who did that building in public sharing what they're up to in the moment and i'm just like part of me was like they're annoying, they're just self-promoting, they're marketing themselves. And that actually, I want to name that because that took me away. And I think that said more about me than it did about them, first of all. Um, but I feel like other people might feel this way. And it took me away from actually, because recently, I don't know if you've seen, even the last couple of weeks, I've been a little bit more active on Twitter trying, yeah, to, yeah. trying to experiment. And even doing that, I'm like, I'm, like, I'm kind of being one of those annoying people that I said, and I'm like, no, that's just me, that's my perception. People don't have to follow me. They can even mute. They can do anything they want. That's not. They can unfollow you. They can unfollow me. I. It just feels. Much, I would. I just wanted to name that, and I just want to say like the benefits of me, kind of putting that to a side and just being like, let me step into this. Let me start interacting, engaging. It's been really worthwhile. Really nice segue into how we met. We kind of mentioned it early yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Because do you want to share? Shall I? Do you think you can do it more just hands and say it together? Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever works. Um, you'd written a post on Instagram. You, you'll probably be better at explaining the. Sorry, on Indie Hacking. You spend a lot of time on Instagram. Huh? Yeah, right, <laughs> apparently. Um, I think you might be able to add more context. Yeah, pretty much I was like, I was looking for a mastermind group on Indie Hackers because I thought. Yeah, I just thought having a group of people that I could talk to my problems about with more closely and kind of kind of look at what they were doing and what was succeeding for them would be great. Like I could talk about 
kind of like building in public, but just like a smaller version that's more personal with people. Yeah. What, what I was looking for. And yeah, you were one of the, I think you were, I don't know if you responded to it maybe, or you were just like, I'm interested in these things and yeah. Yeah, I was but That's kind of how it started, yeah. That was like the I, I was happy to, because I am such a believer in mastermind groups and yeah, 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 I think yeah, I'd also yeah. come around, come, I don't, I'd come across someone on Indie Hackers, this again, crazy place of anonymous people. And I was just like, this seems like someone like-minded who I'd enjoy having a conversation with. So that's when we jumped on a call. Um, you, were po you were possibly looking at building something community mastermind related, though really it transpires, it sounds like you were really just looking for mastermind group yourself. Yeah. I think, and you've kind of, sounds like you kind of like filled that through the building in public and also public lab I know you're a member of which kind of Kev on is really championing this whole building in public movement and also bringing people together and sharing their stories but I would still say like I have done yeah find a group of people you can meet with over video it is life-changing you're the average of the five people you spend time with it's an even deeper version of what you're experiencing right now with yeah. building in public so I would wholly recommend it um, and then we ended up in the same place out here. I, 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 you've been doing a little bit of nomading. Um, yeah. So just quickly, do you want to share where you've been since San Francisco? Yeah. So I, when I left San Francisco, I went back to Iowa, lived with my parents for like six months. Don't recommend living with your parents for longer <laughs> than a week. Uh, and then I went to Atlanta uh, after that to visit a friend because he was like, I think he was just like, come to Atlanta, like let's hang out. And I just love the guy. Um, and we just have a blast every time we're together. And so I went there for a month. And after that, I went to Serbia. I was in Serbia for like two months in Belgrade. And then I was in, Bel yeah, two months. And I went to Croatia for a month. And then I, when I was in Croatia, that's kind of what we talked. And I was like, maybe I'll go to Madeira next. Yeah, because I found out you were doing nomading in Croatia. And I'm like, I'd, I'd kind of done a, year, a month stint in a co-living co space in 2019. Those who don't know, it's like co-working, but you also live together in a community. And I wanted to do the same last year, and then COVID happened, and I stayed put. And then I was looking for somewhere close to home with good weather, um, kind of nature, beach, Madeira took the right boxes. Um, well, I came across Madeira and the Nomad Village through like a podcast that I listened to called That Remote Show, just to get some inspiration. And I was like, this sounds perfect ticks all the boxes in terms of location and there's an actual conscious community there like yeah i i really love to travel and i love my own space and do my own thing but people and community are really and connection is really yeah. important to me and i don't know about you but i chose really well because my experience here has been about as awesome as it could have been i went in i kind of shared a house with six people which was interesting but i went with it it could have gone one of two ways and it went in a really awesome way so yeah it's been great I don't know how it's been for you here I feel like it's been no it's, it's been good uh, definitely hasn't been bad <laughs> yeah I, I don't have any complaints really except like my <laughs> loss of sleep but like yeah I've met I've met some people that I really liked and yeah I mean I got to know you a lot better which was like I don't know that's I think that's probably like it's good enough like just because I have such a better relationship with you. I think yeah. the trip's been made. Yeah. In, in a way. Uh, and, yeah, I don't know, I just, 
also, yeah, when I was in Croatia and Serbia, I wasn't really meeting a whole lot of people. So just being around people again has been awesome. And then, yeah, and then also while I've been here, it's been a good place to work. And yeah, I don't have any complaints. I'm not, I'm just rambling now. Yeah, no, it's cool. I, I want to, I feel the same way. It, it's, because there's an, a bunch, there's some people I've met online in different ways through Twitter or podcast conversations. And I'm like, I really hope I get to meet you, but I just haven't. I've been in mastermind groups where, just in we person, so, so much. Life is meant to be experienced in person. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we've had a bunch of conversations here from everything from indie stuff to writing to being creative to leaving our jobs to, you know, family backgrounds and all this stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's been really cool. And we're looking forward to spending tomorrow we're leaving for Porto as we're recording this Porto Santo oh, yeah, totally Little Island. Today. Yeah, yeah we're going to get our antigen test we're going to go there there's like I think 15 or 16 of us across two houses we're in a smaller house so yeah and no, I'm looking forward to that as well because I'm off in a couple of weeks and then you're here till August is it before you head back yeah I'm, yeah I fly back to this I fly to Lisbon and then I fly from Lisbon to Atlanta going back with that friend actually Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe the one that you gave a shout out to earlier? No, no, Eric, no, no. He's in Mexico City. Okay, got you. But I think I might go to Mexico City. Uh, yeah, you weekend. mentioned Mexico's location. That'd be cool. Yeah, also, shout out co-living. If you have the opportunity to do co-living. It's a, really, it's a really nice way to ease yeah. yourself into... Um, it can be such a good experience. Like, I think so. People. And like, for anyone listening to this, there's a lot of other kind of... I think there's a lot of people listening to this who are like... I need my own space and I'm sensitive and I absorb stuff from others and I'm introverts, highly sensitive people, creatives, but I also really like connection, like meaningful connection. In my experiences thus far, there's been a couple of them, just digital nomading attracts a certain type of person. Four of the people I were living with were the same kind of INFP in personality type. Um, but yeah, co-living is a really nice soft landing, I think, especially where you get to it's depending on where you go it's pretty reasonably priced I always prefer to have my own room if I can um, especially if I'm staying for an extended amount of time but you can share with one or more others uh, but it's a really nice way of having people around you um, and because I'm like and that's what's been great about the village you just bump into people but it's so small there's so much going on you get involved in activities by being around people and just having conversations, connection will build. So, yeah, shout out to co-living. Yeah, and also I would say, like, I've, I would say I've had, tr- I don't know, trouble, I guess, trouble making friends as an adult in a way, which is weird because school was so good at that, like, repeat contact. Right. You could see people on over and over again, and, like, it, for me, it takes time to build a connection. A very, I think it's very rare that I have, like, one conversation with someone, and I'm like... Us, um, so it's like it's so good at building. Maybe you might not meet friends at co-living, but it's such a good way to have a social life mm-hmm. without with very little effort that you can always opt into. Because I think I've talked to you about this before with you or someone, where it's like I'm totally cool with being alone for like two weeks, but after two weeks, I want to like be around people again. Right. There's something that's very like I want to be around people. I want to talk to people. I just I just want to I just need to be around people in a more meaningful way yeah um, uh, for, yeah. for, for me and co-living does that it does that for you for me like the first I was staying a house of six and I was being I guess 
more sociable just to get to integrate myself. I know you were being certainly for the first couple of weeks before perhaps finding more of my regular rhythm. Um, but yeah. yeah, it gives you the option to have that to tap into. So otherwise it can be difficult and lonely and you can get in a spot where it's like, oh, I'm actually feeling quite isolated, which always happens after a certain amount of time. So yeah. yeah, like I said, I've been living with six. I've been living now with a smaller house of three, which is where we're recording this. Um, yeah, co-living is, is cool. And I would also say, from that time in Tenerife, shout out to Hannah and Adik, um, Anne who runs the spot, um, Emmanuel and Katia. Here there's a bunch of people um, who I've mentioned, just in my microblog post as well, um, micro.blog slash jasraj, I've been documenting my journey here. Honestly a bunch of people who I know I'll, I, I genuinely will keep in touch with and we might meet up again somewhere else which we're already talking about later in the year and if not like I know kind of where their home bases are if I'm around I'll hit them up and we can you know carry on and so there's some really cool connections that I've built here and the, and the thing too is like some of my best uh, friendships are people that yeah we're good I mean you cut it off whenever as well no, we're good maybe and what time is it we're not, we're not cutting off when we talk about war. Because <laughs> I know that's the... I mean, even if we don't talk about it, I'm cool with it. Like this, I've I'm, had a lot of fun. So. I'm, I'm not cool with that. I want to hear about it. And I also know um, it's important for you to share what you're working on. It's probably, it might be the most difficult thing you've had to, to talk about. Maybe, yeah. Not to, not to name yeah. that and add that, but no, I just but wanted to name it. Yeah, I just wanted to say like some of my best friendships have been like me keeping up with people just like Gen people I genuinely care about and people that I spend a lot of time with, like, uh, I'll name two friends. They're just names to people listening. But there's this guy Raj and there's this other guy Jose. And so, for example, like these are just uh, there's other people that I do this with as well. But these are just two that came to mind. Um, for example, Raj, me and him, when when I was in university, we spent a lot of time together. So we were like studying together. We were like together every day. We were pretty much a couple, dude. Like we were always together always studying always and that studying turned into like just like talking and getting to know each other and yeah we were just like we spent so many hours together at university that even after we left like we still keep up we still chat uh and it's yeah it's just a good, like a great friendship and this other guy jose I actually met uh, when i started working my first job because i came in with a cohort of people which is awesome by the way if you ever come into a cohort with people it's just like also just another amazing way to meet people um, for me, like the stuff, the, the, there's a lot of like courses I've paid for, which is like content and cohort. I've stayed around for the cohort, yeah. even if the course content is a thing, but I'm like, I actually, the cohort and the community has done more for me than the content itself. Yeah, and him, me and him were just, I think just from the first second we were on the same wavelength of like, yeah, one of those probably like rare people that I just meet for like the first second time and I'm like, oh! We're, we're both idiots, like, great. Me and you are gonna be, like, good friends. Um, yeah, me, even me and him don't text a lot, but, like, it's, like, one of these friends, like, I could text him, like, hey, can I come to Atlanta? He's like, yeah, come, let's go. Like, and so, yeah, just, I'm even getting excited talking about them, but I forgot where I was going with this. Anyways, yeah, some of my best friendships have not been, like, me and someone else living in the same city yeah. it's just been like 
through text and then we meet up and when we do meet up it's amazing right. and it's like we just connect we bond so hard so that's a sign of <laughs> some, sometimes those are the best friendships and the sign of a great friendship when you can yeah. just not see someone in so long and you carry on as if it was yesterday and it's it's awesome because it's like you have distance but at the same time you can like like I'm probably gonna go stay with Jose for a month and for a month we'll like just like bond and hang out and then like I'll probably leave again and it's like I don't know how to describe it. and we'll stay in touch we'll all like all stay in touch but mm-hmm. it's just uh, I mean that's also another thing that building in public did engaging on Twitter it's made like my friendships with I'm more eager to like, keep up with people I didn't keep up with people before because I was like this is kind of weird texting this person that I haven't said anything to in a while but now because I talk to people all the time on Twitter like I have no hesitation in like hitting someone up that I haven't talked to in, like three or four months I'm like hey how are you doing you want to jump on a call yes do you want to just talk like how are you doing? Right. And it's made it so much easier. Friendships get weird and adulthood, and I actually do think as as men, I do think we have a harder time with this. Um, personally, just in terms of, I don't know why that is, um, but I think for, yeah, maybe for everyone, like you say, after the structure of school and college where you just kind of bump into people. Always great, around people the same age and always- But the great thing about like adulthood that. is you get to choose and be intentional about it, but it does take that yeah, you've got to reach out. And when I left corporate five, six years ago, I realized I had no friends. And I was like, I actually need to become more intentional by reaching out to people. Then I had a mastermind group which really helped. And I'm now fortunate in that I've now cultivated friendships and regular kind of, we'll keep in contact on kind of messaging, but ideally just checking back in. And I make it, there's like a handful of people where I'm like, yeah, I can check in with that person. and even I'm going to go when I go back home there's like a couple of people I didn't see for a while because of the pandemic and a couple of others closer to home um, yeah but it took intentionality and reaching out and yeah friendships are a whole other question yeah um, also community is like so important I don't think I've ever had a community that like even an online community until I started building in public and yeah, it's kind of like an outlet to meet people and mm-hmm. get to know people, and I never really had that without whatever co-living or one of these other things. And surrounding yourself with people like you as well. Yeah. Doing this crazy creator, maker, creative journey, whatever yeah. you want to call it, right? We're kind of odd. There aren't. In, still in my... In the world, we're the minority, and in my kind of life, like I've had to really consciously still sur- like surround myself with those people just to make me feel a little bit less weird and help me feel more connected and learn things like I say magic happens when you surround yourself with like-minded people I've definitely experienced that and it feels like you have as well yeah yeah I just and there's something so valuable about being around people who are doing the same thing as you mm-hmm. and I don't I can't one you just connect because you're both kind of doing the same thing and then two it's like I don't know there's just something super valuable about it Right, let's last but not least talk about like warp and like yeah, just over to you really, share you can share what you're up to, how that's going, like what what your days look like, because I know you're doing something interesting in terms of uh, alternating days on in working on it. Yeah. Let's, let's let's go there. So yeah, I pretty much like so I'm actually thinking about changing the name. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Ever since you were like warp, warp, <laughs> he's saying it's super weird. I'm like, I've never heard someone say it like this. Why is he saying it so weird? Maybe it's changed the name. Because uh, you said warp. I thought it was warp. 
Yeah, what is what is that enough warp? Does it tell me, wait, is it warp? No, no, it's supposed to be like warp, like with an A, but that someone bought the domain. So you said, I can't so get it's it. So WWRP. Currently. Yeah, yeah. So I made it WWRP instead of WARP because I thought people would say warp, but obviously, <laughs> obviously not. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. Uh, but <laughs> but like. Yeah, I don't know. What should I talk about? Why I started building it and like, or just what it is? Yeah, let me give you better prompts rather than be like. I can go. I mean, I can go. Yeah, I know you can. I can just I start. Yeah, let me. I'll give you. Um. Yeah. How did it? I guess how. how first of all, how did like how did the idea come to you? Uh. Well, I was the previous thing I was working on was open potatoes. Right. And uh, that was pretty much supposed to be a way for like people in the indie hacker community so pretty much anyone who's a maker uh creator whatever to get to know other ones in like a chat roulette style kind of room and then there was also other things i was thinking like okay you could like fill out a little profile and then people could choose not to talk to you like you'd be in a room and then you could request to talk to someone and then a little thing would pop up and it'd be like okay cool like i read their bio what they're working on all this stuff and then if it's mutual, then we'll talk. <clears throat> Pretty much just making it way more human mm -hmm. than it is to do chat roulette right now, which is like you chat to some random person where you have, who knows if you'll have any connection, whatever. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. And they, I might was, not, they might not be clothed either on chat roulette. Yeah, who knows, yeah. Um, and yeah, anyways, like it didn't go too well, long story short, and I, at that point, I was building on building in public, and I was like, man, I really want to just get back into building in public more instead of just, like, kind of tweeting random stuff because, yeah, I don't know, I just like building in public, and there's, I don't know, I just enjoyed it, and I wanted to keep doing it. And I was also, you know, I wanted to keep building stuff. I didn't want to, like, do nothing. Um and so that's when I kind of had this like realization, not realization, but kind of like thing that I absorbed. I'm sure I heard it from somewhere else, but there's kind of like, I think of it as like two types of products where you have products that are, it's like something new and you're finding like a pain point for someone and then you're fixing that problem. But there's like a lot of risk involved with this where it's, is this something that they're gonna pay for? Is this really a problem? Do they actually care about this? There's like all these unknowns that you have to figure out and like I was trying to build these kind of products for so long and I didn't really succeed at them and I 100% yeah, want to do it again in the future because I think I can do it but yeah I wasn't finding a lot of success with them and I was like you know what let me like let me go in and like try and compete with the product because people like the food industry all these other industries like it's so common for people to compete with each other to provide whatever similar similar similarly different services so i was like let me go try and do something i feel like i can do and that'll be do that'll be simple so i kind of just was like on indie hackers looking at products and i was looking at what people did and then i found this guy doing doing something similar to linktree and i was like what the fuck like this guy's making like a bunch of money doing this like i can i think i can do this and so like i was like okay let me give this a try um and that's how it started but really like i've never been someone who like thinks of something and is 
immediately in love with it. Right. It's only after like I dig into something yeah. and kind of like I'm gonna use a disgusting word, masticate, like which is like yeah, chewing. chewing. Yeah, yeah. Which is like really digging more into it, figuring out more, getting more invested in it. It's like a character in a TV show. Like I never just like see a character and I'm like, oh, I love this character. It's only after like they expose more about the feeling it out. Yeah. How that's connected with me is so many things like I've never known. Some things like I I'm I've been really wrong about. I won't like that. I like that. I don't know until I try doing exactly. it. Exactly. Like it's like my just through the experience, my, my intuition kicks in and it's like, yeah, this feels cool. Or actually, like, nah, I'm not really connecting with this. Yeah. So, yeah. And. Then I was like, okay, let me try and like dig into this more and kind of like build it, build an MVP, do like some stuff around it. I wish I had more details. I've, I'm sure I've documented a bunch of this stuff on Twitter uh, because I've just been kind of, I was like live tweeting for a little while. I was just tweeting a bunch of stuff. Uh, but yeah, then like after I started digging in more about it, started building in public, I started getting some traction. And then like I got one person that was like, it's like, yeah, I just want to support you. I want to use your product. And then, like, you started using it. Someone else, actually, I forgot to tell you, someone else hit me up. They're like, when can I start paying for this? And it's like, and it, it, to me, it feels like the Twitter syndrome again, where it's like, I mean, I'm not massive on Twitter. I have 300 followers. But, like, for me, like, getting just, like, one extra follower, like, two extra followers is like, I'm just like, holy shit, like, I'm making real progress. And after a year of not making, like, any progress, that to me is, like, massive. Each, it's so each big. One, okay, this is the thing. Each follower, each obviously subscriber, slightly different things. It's a real life beating heart. Yeah. This is pretty big. Like, I need to, I feel yeah. like this is important for us to remind ourselves of that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, and I think like that, that little bit, of, like a little bit of that traction and then like talking to these people and like trying to figure out more stuff about it. And I still don't have everything about, about Warp figured out. Like, I'm thinking about changing the name. Like, I don't know what my brand positioning is. Like, but it's like, one foot in front of the other like i'm making progress like mm -hmm. i'm fucking getting somewhere and yeah that's how it started and that's how it's going and like every day back in the craftsmanship thing like i'm making it better every day i'm like trying to think of not trying to think of but like i'm looking at features and people like who are the people that i really want to hone in on and who do i really want to make this good for mm -hmm. um and that that's kind of how it started that's how it's going and then also, in terms of like building in public, I started doing like this like one day of marketing, one day of um, building. So one day I will just like pretty much spend all day building, like <clears throat> not all day, but as much as I can and as much as I like to, like working on their coding. You mean? Yeah, yeah, working exactly. Like exactly. building the site, yeah. And then the other is like other side is marketing, and I don't even look at it like marketing because I feel like I've found things that I like to do that are just that I think will work for me or that I'm gonna experiment with, that I like doing, that don't feel sleazy in any way. And yeah, just doing those things. And yeah, just every day doing those. And I think, honestly, I think the effect is over like, I don't know, the next three or four months, like I think I could be in a really good place with, with this, especially with the way it's going and like when people start using it. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much, oh, and yeah, I guess Warp right now for anyone listening is, so it's an alternative to Linktree. Uh, and I, if you don't know what Linktree is, it's one link, and then you can put it in like your Instagram or your Twitter profile or your other social media kind of places. Even your signature. Yeah, so people can find like, 
whatever, all the things related to you. I know it's really good on Instagram because Instagram will let you put one link so they can go to that link and then they can find, you know, whatever, your blog or the things that you wrote or your website or your email or whatever you want to link to in it. Um, and yeah, I hope that kind of gets, gets it together, sums it up. Yeah, well, to give a real life example, um, if you go to www.rp.link forward slash INF club, I'm currently using Warp. Um, and I can, yeah, like I, what, what's cool is, you're just seeing you kind of here and from the, we work some days in the co-working and I've seen you around. I know you go to the co-working most days yeah. when you also go to coffee shops. And I see obviously, because you're building a public, what you're working on and you know. And then I remember like just the other day I was updating the page and I, you'd said like you were kind of changing it. And I was like, oh my God, I can highlight <laughs> this link now. Like, I wasn't expecting like like such a change so early on. And I'm, I, I feel it's really cool that I feel like I've got into it so early on because I feel like I'm seeing the real infancy and there's like a lot of kind of different changes that you're thinking about and are coming up and like you were showing me some of the prototypes it looks really cool and um i know there's other people listening to this who are also creatives multi-passionate working on different things if you've not got one of these all-in-one-place links you should really think about it um if you want to support an indie and a nice person and you've just enjoyed this conversation with sasha and it resonates and you want to support him anyway check out what is right now warp.link but obviously if that changes before this episode goes out yeah i will convey and communicate that you also don't need to because i can what i can do is i can just redirect it to the new site or they can i mean people can check you out on on, oh, on twitter. twitter yeah people that would be, be better yeah that's i mean <laughs> you've said yourself twitter's gonna be around for five or ten years i know you're gonna be on there for yeah, yeah. that time i would have thought yeah, what's, yeah. Your, what's your twitter link oh my twitter is at Sa- Sasha Trotrich, but so that's that's at S A S A C O C I C. Nice. So yeah, that's that's a cool name to say. Yes. Uh, S, <laughs> S first S is every other letter in your first name, and then C is every so it's S S C C. So that's just that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but my name was cool <laughs> with its kind of I've constant to ratio. I feel like I've only ever been made fun of for my name, so this is like. Uh, it's new. <laughs> no, this is cool. Um, yeah, and even that, look, you, you said you're kind of figuring out who to make it for, and you've been really honest about that. Yeah. Do you have a sense of who you do want to make it for? And I know I'm giving you a bit of a nudge here because we've talked about this, and I'm like, these are the people I feel like you're passionate about. Yeah. So yeah, I know you don't want to overcommit and say what's not true, but also just speak the truth and who you're passionate about helping. Yeah, I think the people that I'm most pass- passionate about helping are kind of people like me and kind of in the communities that I'm already in, mm-hmm. which are people that fall in this like maker, indie hacker, whatever, blogger, writer, just anyone doing their own thing. So people like me too? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. I feel like I should f- uh, hire you as like a marketer, dude. Like, you, I feel like you're doing such a better job at selling this than me. Like I'm so timid. I think that's what happens <laughs> from when you're speaking about your own thing. Like... It's like, yeah, uh, so yeah, that's not, I'm happy to um, be your, what do they call it? Cheerleader? Cheerleader, what's the guy called? Sportsman? The D and the DJ, like you're the hype man. Oh, uh, hype man, hype like, man, yeah, yeah. Happy to be a hype man. Because um, I believe, I like what you're doing, I believe in it, I'm using it myself. Yeah, and then, yeah, but just anyone kind of in that realm and I haven't 
in all honesty, I haven't looked at bloggers and writers and stuff, but like, I'm definitely open to like looking in that area more and just like trying to hone in things that are good for them and help them. Like people that I have looked at are people like on YouTube or streaming on Twitch or doing these other things. But it's like, also it's so early on that if someone was like, hey, like I want to use your thing. And by the way, I'm a blogger. And by the way, if you add this, like I would definitely use it. I'd probably just be like, yeah, I'm going to make that for you right now. <laughs> right, so here's the thing. I'm going to be super selfish here. Like this is still early enough days for anyone listening to this. Like if you can get even a small handful of us to use this, I feel like we can kind of shape, because it's being shaped right now by the, who the users are. And yeah. we're kind of, I don't know, going on the universal intuitive journey of, okay, this, this people is attracted to it and they seem to like it. Let me concentrate on them. Uh, other writers and bloggers and like other coaches, like let's, if you would like to use it, whether you're using Linktree, so I was actually using Linktree and I switched, but you might not have that yet. Um, you come come join me on it. Check it out. And like I said, if it, if it resonates with you, jump on it. But also, please get it. It's cool. It's good <laughs> to have a link all in one place. Also, and we can get Sasha to kind of tweak things in ways that we want it to be tweaked. So let's, let's make this happen. Yeah. Also, I have, um, I forget how this is related. I guess, I guess I have a newsletter for work that I started doing. Right. And so, like, pretty much that's me talking about the progress and just, like, anything else related to it. Um, I was going to relate it to this some, some way, but I'm now so I'm just like, I have a newsletter. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, how have I not asked you about writing? Yeah. You've been doing some writing. You, yeah. I saw you posted a retrospective. Yeah, yeah. Would, would you call it writing, journaling? Let's talk about writing. How have we not talked about Yeah, this? so... I mean, recent. So, I would say I do a couple different things. So I started. One of them was just like a brain dump. When I'm feeling something, I'll just like, okay, let me open up a Notion page and I'm just gonna like knock out what's in my brain right now. So I did that recently. And then I actually talked to you about this, but like, yeah, I also wanted just to write about kind of my life experiences in deeper ways. But how that relates is, I did a retrospective, and the retrospective is like. What did I do this month? What are my goals for next month? What ha what happened? Uh, these kind of things. But I also just want to dig deeper, like do some writing of like digging deeper into what happened and what I'm doing in my life in general. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, just because I feel like it's a cool medium to like express and write like about myself. And I mean, I've also I have. I've also been wanting to do a YouTube channel for a little while and kind of like vlog and talk about myself and do these kind of things. But like writing is just so, it's so easy for me. It's so direct. It's just like, yeah, I open up a page and I type on the keyboard and like, I can just be like, bam, like I wrote this thing real quick. And also, yeah, I've been inspired by, oh my God, I'm going to forget her name. She makes lunch money. The oh, um, Jen. I forget yeah. Jen's surname. It's lunch money, lunchmoney.app, yeah. which is so cool like, I know you've actually you've been on a call of sorts with Jen yeah I did an AM like you did an AMA with her I, I think I came across her originally on Indiacas and Twitter and she's like a nomad it's just her building this amazing product which is like an alternative to YGAM for those that have heard of it but I think it's even better than YGAM and also she's indie so like please support yeah. Jen it's really cool um, and yeah she just has some writings that I was like man I fucking love these um, yeah. Just like talking about her travels, traveling, and then like her life. I don't know. It's just she she, inter she integrates the YGAM journey. Sorry, the lunch money journey, building it 
but also like what's happening, like where she's traveling, like what's going on in her life. Which yeah. are my favorite blogs to read. They're just stories, right? Yeah. And I was just like, I kind of want to do this. <laughs> and so I haven't actually done anything for it, but I wanted, I want to like do something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and then also I, in terms of writing, I also was journaling quite a bit, like probably last year, and then I stopped kind of. But yeah, I was also, yeah, I was, journaling was just an incredibly useful tool for reflecting. Yeah, I remember I used to do like weekly retrospectives and I would look at like why, why this happened, what I did wrong, what can I do to change it. And it's, it's also just super powerful and like helping, helping guide me in the right direction. And, and yeah, but mainly right now it's the retrospectives, do you, the do you, newsletters. Do you, do you write by hand or do you tend to type just on the computer? Uh, it kind of depends a lot on the computer recently, but I also have a notebook. I always keep a notebook around for sketching, for designing stuff, for, yeah, and then sometimes I'll also just write in it because it's a different, kind of a different vibe than than typing on a keyboard. Mm -hmm. um, I asked you, I, well, I posed a question on Twitter, if you could make anything with your hands and then potentially, I always say potentially sell it because if you say sell it, I find it puts us in like a, sometimes a non-authentic spot of just doing it for the joy in and of itself and I think did you say drawing or sketching yeah like uh, like drawing or painting but I think realistically I'm all about like low barriers to entry so probably like sketching and drawing right uh, painting seems like I, I don't want to buy the stuff I'm a minimalist I have like I have two bags uh, I have a 145 liter backpack and I have a regular backpack and all my stuff is in those two things and I don't want to buy new stuff so like I need to find somewhere where I can go like do this thing, um, but yeah like I wanted to I don't, I'm not even interested in selling it I'm more interested in like learning to draw and the arts side of it for my graphic design that I'm like so I can become a better designer so I can yeah also just like make my own shit and put it in to like the website and it's it's it has more of that like craftsmanship kind of vibe because like. Oh, like this guy's not just using some like library that some other designer used that all these other sets are using. Like he made this himself, and it's like I don't know. It's also cool to like be like, yeah, I made this myself, and it's only in this site. And like I don't know, there's just something cool about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think. I think that's it. I feel like I, I feel like I could have asked you more about your writing stuff because I've seen you. I want to say writing. I feel honestly. I feel like this is yeah. Good, <laughs> good place. We've been talking for so. I'm kidding. My brain is like. Listen, we've been talking a long time. I'm already thinking. I might. I've not done this as yet, but I might split this episode into two because it's been so long into two parts. Yeah. Um. But just real quick. I feel like I've said that for the tenth time in this conversation. I feel like you're, the writing you do, like building in public, is almost daily journaling, daily writing. Yeah, it's definitely daily writing. I don't know if it's journaling. Is there anything you get from that kind of growth-wise or spiritually beyond everything that we talked about, connecting with others and the marketing stuff? And um, yeah, I think it's very loaded question. Yeah, but again, we've kind of skirted around this in outside off of recording so I think there's to pose that to you. I think there's tons of stuff that I get from it I can't put my finger on all of it but one of the things is just accountability is like once you have it's like once you have a, I don't know like 
100 followers and you have 50 followers and you're like, hey, I'm gonna do this. And someone comments on it, you're like, oh shit, I need to do this. <laughs> like, so one is like, I don't wanna look like an idiot. So I try to like, it helps me get shit done. Like it helps me stay focused and, and do the things that I say I'm gonna do, uh, which I think is really valuable. Mm-hmm. Two, I think another thing that kind of Twitter has helped me do is be more succinct in my writing, which is like, because the character limit, I have to be much more direct. And it's helped me cut out a lot of words and cut out a lot of like stuff in my writing because in the US they would make us write essays and things and it would have to hit this word limit. And I think I would, it's fucked my writing because I'll, I'll always be like, just really. And I'll add in a lot of these filler words just to get, you see? Mm-hmm. Just to get, to get <laughs> the thing out. Right. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, I think it's helped with that. Um, Have you ever done like a prompted journaling, like five minute journal or daily greatness? Have you heard of those? No. Okay. Well, Maybe you might have told me, I just forgot. Yeah. So you're always telling me about stuff and I'm just like, just in again, one ear out the other. <laughs> I'm getting a sense that you might enjoy doing that because beyond doing what you're working on, it gets you to prompt about prompt things like, you know, what am I grateful for? What went well today? What could have gone better? That, that sort of stuff by hand like in the morning or before bed, like five minute journal you do, we ask you some prompts before, like you keep it by your bedside, a couple of minutes in the morning when you wake up, a couple of minutes before bed, like a check in and a check out, like by hand. So you might be into that. I'll, uh, I'll remind you of that when we close this out. Yeah, I think that could be actually pretty useful. I feel like, you, I feel like you'd be into it. Yeah, I'm um, definitely all about the like, personal growth, thriving kind of thing. Reflection, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's just in one more place, say um, your link for warp your twitter and your newsletter for those that want to sign up to it yeah shit i don't even know the newsletter if there is a link for that okay there is a link for it i just don't know it uh maybe i can put it in the description or whatever yeah we'll do that for sure uh yeah warp so if you just go to wwrp.link that's it'll pop out there uh you'll see some poorly made landing page (laughs) most likely but i'm working on it this week so it should should change um, it'll look nicer and then yeah my Twitter is at S-A-S-A C-O-C-I-C and then I have an Instagram that's S-A-S-A-C 3000 uh, that should be in the link as well and then yeah I think that's and then I have yeah I have the Warp newsletter it's somewhere on Substack it's always going to be free I just use Substack because it's easy um, I feel like by the time this episode goes out there might be a place to and we'll also share a portfolio landing page for yourself if you have one by then um, we were talking that it's one of those oh things. yeah 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 mm-hmm. I wanted to do that because that's where I kind of wanted to put my writings and yeah so I've also it, wanted to do like a there. personal newsletter because yeah one thing I learned from the yeah there's I just enjoy writing about myself and sharing mm-hmm. uh, more and more now and it's like yeah, just something I want to do. So I'd say uh, your Twitter's, as well as Warp, the Twitter's the safest link, because that's where you're going to... It kind of feels like your repository for everything that you're... Oh, yeah, I can use my Warp link. I'm an idiot. Yeah, if you go to wwrp.link slash S-A-S-A-C-O-C-I-C, you will literally... Yeah, it's also my Warp link is in my Twitter. So if you just go to that, you can find... All the stuff I need to update it because I haven't updated it. 
But I love that. Like that. Yeah, you're solving, you're solving your own problem with just that one link. Yeah, like I didn't even there. realize. There you go. Um, I just wanted to quickly say, Sasha's doing himself a disservice when he's talking about war. Like, it is early days. You've been honest about that, but I'm using it. I'm comfortable using it. It's already improvements have been made, and I've seen. I feel like I've seen enough of what you're planning next in terms of different colors to be like, this looks pretty cool. Yeah. And I'm supporting an indie. I know Sasha, like, this is just me. So I just wanted to add that yeah. because you weren't picking yourself up enough. Yeah, liking. I guess one thing that I can say is like, if it's shitty now, it will be way better in like one month or two months. And the great part is like, if you just message me on Twitter, my DMs are always open or and we're recording this on the 14th of July, just for context. So whenever this episode goes live, um, likely in the next month or so, yeah, I reckon something will be more changes. So check yeah. it out for yourselves. Yeah, or just if you just message me and you're like, hey, I don't like this thing, or could you add this? Like, I will definitely try and because yeah, one thing I can do way better than Linktree is listen to people. Like they can't really listen to people because they have so many people. But I can like sit there and listen. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you just message me and like I don't like this or I don't enjoy this part or can you add this, I'll definitely listen to it. I'll get back to it. I'll I'll try to do my best with. When I say do my best, like I feel like I'm doing a lot and I can do more. And yeah, I'll just like try and try and fix that thing. But if it's something like if it's something like your UI is garbage, <laughs> it's like that might take a little bit more time. So it's like yeah, I just want to give people like realistic expectations i'm not trying to like absolutely yeah what you see is what you're seeing what you see is what you get with sasha authors bloggers coaches creative multi-passionates check out war and also if you do end up signing up or reaching out to sasha like yeah tag me on twitter or tag tag at inf club and yeah just mention to sasha if you email him that yeah i listened i heard you on the podcast but that'd be pretty cool um Alright, I think we're done, man. <laughs> right. It's been the longest one so far. <laughs> Probably gonna have to split this into two. But uh, I told you before we recorded because I know you and we've talked about so many different things. This one would be a little bit longer. I also just get really excited to the extent that I have to sometimes remind myself that there are people also listening in on this and like, ah, oh, am I am I having too much fun here? Like, I've got to think about the audience. But yeah, thus far the feedback I get is people enjoy the tangents and just feeling like they're kind of listening in with a with a coffee or you know like a little blanket just listening in on our conversation yeah. and this felt real this was really cool um, if, yeah and if, if not awesome yeah it was awesome really enjoyed it um, sorry I'm just gonna have more ideas but we can end this whenever but I was just gonna say one thing you could do is like okay two things one is like when we first started there, it was like you get used to this very fast at first it's like let me fit in like I mean and, but then you get used to it and then uh one thing you could do, I mean, you, I think you've already mentioned is like, if you want to make it more focused or whatever, I mean, there was definitely parts where we were really focused on certain things. You could like just clip that part and be like, you know, Jazz and Sasha talk about community, I Jazz and Sasha talk so, about friendship. So the great thing is, is I, do, um, I do chapters on YouTube now. Okay. Perfect. As of two episodes ago. Yeah. So, so the, the way... As of two episodes yeah, uh, the last couple of episodes I, I did it from since when I did my last in-person recording with Lawrence and we also did the video and he educated me on YouTube. I don't think you can do that on the podcast, like if you, you just want to listen to all or nothing. You can still, 
in the description put um, markers and people can physically do it for themselves but I tend to just on the podcast you can listen to it in its entirety if you want to dig out bits jump on YouTube and you can click on the appropriate chapters which I embed in the oh, conversation okay. so yeah alright perfect yeah. People, people will find a way to enjoy it in its entirety or if they're like oh my word three hours with these guys yeah yeah let's actually just dig into those specific bits yeah thanks for doing this man yeah it was fun I'm gonna hit pause I'm probably gonna get something to eat because I'm kind of I'm starting as well yeah um alright I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Diary of an Indie Writer with me, Jazz Hoti. As you might know already, I'm a blogger and an author sharing my journey as an independent writer as it unfolds. I want to help more people step into their writing and to write freely. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving me a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify or whichever platform you're listening on. By doing so, you'll be helping other writers and aspiring writers discover my audio diary. And you might also wish to check out my blog, aka My Written Diary, by visiting www.indiewriter.net. I appreciate your support, thanks so much for being here and for accompanying me on this journey.